John Gruber. Oh boy, I'm way into this. You you have no idea how long I've been how I've been looking forward to this. Is that weird? Should I not? Should I play it cool? No, I don't think it's I don't think it's weird at all. If anything, I feel like one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, I've been wanting to talk to you about this ever since we were in Montreal last year, and we were sure. both we both talked to each other into being super excited about the watch. Uh, <laughs> is that I feel like too many other people are playing it cool and they they're trying to Res- be credible judgment. Yeah, and it's and that's yeah. totally cool. Like to you know, I think just being completely honest, there's you know a lot of things to complain about too. But I feel like. I don't know. I feel like not being excited about it. What's the fun in that? Oh, no. This has got, I mean, you you got to treat this like Christmas. When I was uh, probably seven years old, I got a, a Transformer watch, a wristwatch that was a Transformer for Hanukkah, and I cried. And I feel... <laughs> tears I, of I joy, cried. you mean. Tears of joy, yeah. Tears of Transformer Hanukkah joy. And I think that I, um, there's no reason I shouldn't have the same reaction. Literally. As opposed as opposed to the kid across the street who got a GoBots watch and cried. Because <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> because it Nobody wasn't, wants the, that. It wasn't Nobody. the Transformers, it was the GoBots. <laughs> the knockout. Oh, boy. <laughs> GoBots was like the original Samsung. <laughs> uh, so you, um, you know, you reminded me that I used to be a watch guy, and I hmm. haven't. I haven't for so long, but when I was a kid, uh, my grandfather was an accountant and one of his clients was a, I think a reseller of Casio watches. And so every, like once a year, he would hand me down the late, you know, like the last year's version of a data bank or whatever it was. And that, you know, that was just, uh, you know, I think that was like just er early gadget, gadget fetish for me. And, and like you said, you know, last uh, last you know your last episode with Multi, you were talking about how inscrutable those interfaces were, and how y- you basically had to memorize like the equivalent of a of a you know NES um, yeah contra code yeah just in order to like get to ca- you know timer mode or something like yeah that. it was like tri- triple click the lower right button to get into the mode where you can set the alarm yeah which looked exactly like the mode for setting. Uh, the time, except that there was a little tiny button like an A that would flash that meant, hey, this is the alarm. And then you would just have to know that you were setting the time for your alarm and not changing the time on your watch. Right. But once you got there, it felt so good. Yeah. One of the things, it's just a little thing. And I know that it's, I think, I feel like the two main points of like the big question marks is, um, does should anybody be excited about apple watch in general as just like a thing they might want to wear in the wrist and then there's this whole other angle where i know that as time goes on you 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 say things and i keep seeing it on twitter when people you know people like to complain on twitter i don't know if you ever noticed that (laughs) but then they'll say like you mean you know and they say like this is a really cool thing you can do this is a nice part of wearing the apple watch every day and then they say you mean exactly like every other smartwatch on the market for the last two years Uh and it's like okay yeah you know maybe they you know give some points to some of these other guys for shipping first Uh, i mean but it doesn't take away that it's a nice part of the experience on the wrist and one of those things one of those little things is that you never have to set the time on the watch yeah. It's like once you've paired it with your phone, it always just gets the time. 
Yeah, I mean that's 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 one of those things that's completely invisible. I've not I've not once thought about that fact, except that just the time I, you take it for granted because um, clocks set themselves now. That's what clocks do. Right. And um, I was thinking about that with the context of those old digital watches, like I wrote about from my teenage years, where I can't even remember whether some of them. And I, I guess I just went through them every couple of years because they, they, even back then they weren't that expensive by the eighties. Like in the seventies, digital watches were really expensive, and by the eighties they were, you know, you get them for your eighth grade son without mm -hmm. thinking about it. But I, I think that I had some that that you could set the month, even though it didn't show it like on the face because it was like too much detail, but then at least that way when like April 30th rolls around and it goes to May 1st, it doesn't tell you that it's the 31st, mm -hmm. I think. But it was like you had to, it just was another thing you had to set though. Like if the bat, like when you did change the battery and had to start over from scratch, you had to set so many different fields, the hour, the date, the time, the day of the week, you know, all this. But stuff. I, but I think at that point in technology, we didn't, we, t we didn't, I, I don't I this I might be wrong about this. We weren't thinking that far in advance to we wanted our gadgets to know how to do things themselves. I don't I don't think that right. that was an expectation. It was almost like, no, of course, it's like a manual transmission. You want that control. You want like to take out of the box, unfold the like 18 fold, mostly Japanese instructions. <laughs> uh, and and then figure out what is the is the code you need to get to. Um, to uh, to to get to you know world time or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean I'm not. Yeah, I wasn't even complaining about it, and I didn't complain about it when I did it. I thought it was a cool feature. I was like, hey, this is great. This way, when you know a short month rolls around, I won't have to worry about it. I'll I'll go through the hassle now of setting everything so that I don't have to do it again. Yeah. So are are people asking you? I mean, obviously, people on this people online, obviously, but people in the world are they seeing your watch and saying hey what do you what do you think of that yeah totally i I've, i'm about i haven't kept exact count but if i had to guess i would guess that i'm 23 out of 25 for when i use apple pay at whole foods and that's probably about right because it's been a little bit over a month and i go there just about every day um i'd say about 23 out of 25 times the cashier has commented on it even though i'm definitely trying to do it as subtly as possible because i'm trying it's like i'm playing a game where i'm trying not to be noticed using the watch to apple pay and yet they inevitably notice and out of the the two times that they didn't the one time it was a cashier who i'd had before and she was she just kind of gave me the oh you're the guy who already has the apple watch <laughs> and then there was one time where a cashier didn't didn't make note of it that sure, was it. and she she batted her eyelashes and you moved on she was clearly impressed uh, with your prowess, yeah. technological prowess. I used it. Uh, I used Apple Pay this morning for the first time because I, I, you know, I've been preparing to be on 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 your show, and I wanted to do everything I could possibly do, like exercise, for instance, <laughs> <laughs> just so I knew the you know got the well-rounded experience. This morning, I used Apple Pay with the watch, and my go-to for Apple Pay because I never remember where it's going to be is I go to McDonald's. So I mm. went to McDonald's. I got my egg white delight McMuffin. Used the watch. Couldn't be easier. Uh, cashier could. It did not give a shit. <laughs> uh, I paid. It, it. You know. I guess it worked like it was supposed to. I took my sandwich out to the parking lot, ate it in the parking lot, and went to work. 
and now I feel prepared. Like with the, I, like I have no extra commentary on that experience, except that it worked exactly like it's supposed to, and it makes you feel like I've got a I've got a, a currency device on my on my wrist. That's the thing is uh, that I'm noticing is is just how all encompassing it is as a device, and I feel like what they've done is they've just prepared like all of the pieces have kind of culminated in this thing that you now strap to yourself. Yeah. And I, I can kind of see, I think and this might be where you're going to, but I can kind of see how they've already laid like the groundwork for like the Apple watch from five years from now. Like not oh, even absolutely. just, not even just like a 2.0 from next year, but I'm thinking like a lot further down the road where all of the things that it doesn't have, like it doesn't do cellular networking on its own and it doesn't have its own storage where you can keep all of your videos and stuff like that. Um, I could just see where this would have it all. And then you would, you know, you could like have like your iCloud, your whole iCloud thing. Um, totally. Um, I was, I was, yeah, I mean, it definitely that's where I wanted to get this conversation to. Um, mostly because like, you know, just in a, as a, partly as a response to people who are basically just like being negative Nellies about where it is now without the presence of mind to remember what iPhone version one is, what was, what it was and what it was, what it was missing and, and how it iterated and how, you know, in the, in the previous, in the, in the next eight years, it got to this incredible all encompassing tool that, almost kind of feels like it's fully matured and that people don't necessarily step back outside of themselves and say, okay, this is what this device is now. I wonder what it's going to be five years from now. Like you said, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember some of the stuff that wasn't in iPhone 1.0. I know there was no notifications, like, so you couldn't slide down from the top to see any kind of notifications and there was no control center from the bottom. It was really just the home screen of apps, and it was one home screen because there were there were no other apps. Yeah. And you would just hit the home button to go to the home screen, and hit an app to go to an app, and that was it. Like yeah. that was the scope of the whole system. <laughs> you're either in an app, and if you're in an app, the app had the whole screen, and otherwise you were on the home screen, and then you would use that to launch an app, and that was it. And it was, part of the brilliance of the design is how simple that was. Absolutely. And it almost had to be constrained in order to just teach us what the thing was. Yeah. So we could get like sort of acclimated to the language and then, and then they could start to br grow it out. And I want, so, so then I wonder how you extend that to the watch and what it's, I mean, what, there are things about the UI right now that I don't get naturally and I don't, and they kind of annoy me, you know, like the, the apps, the, the home screen of full of apps, it's fun to play with, but I don't necessarily feel like it's perfectly natural yet. No. And I'm all, I still, even a month in, I'm I tapped the wrong app. Right. Yeah. The tap, tap, tap targets are, are weird. They're not, maybe they're a little too small, but they're definitely too close to each other. That's the big, the bigger problem isn't necessarily the size. Cause I did, I think I said this with multi or with Joanne Stern. I actually took out a ruler and measured and they are a quarter of an inch which is like the minimum, you know, if you, it's just basically the minimum size for a, a tap target. But the problem is they're right next to each other. Whereas like on the iPhone, when you'd have like quarter inch tap targets, you'd still put some spacing between them. Right. And, 
when when you get it right, it feels like magic, right? <laughs> but that, but unless it happens all the time that you get it right, it's not real magic. It's just the illusion of magic. I've, I've, I feel like anyway, what, one of the things that I realized is um, I use Overcast a lot. That's probably my most frequently used app on the watch. Um, and Overcast just would by default when the when all my apps came over when I sunk with the watch, uh, Overcast ended up to the right side, the very edge. Uh, to the very uh, right edge. And I realize, oh, that's an easier tap target. For oh. some reason, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's mentally or no, whether yeah, because, it's actually physically. No, that makes sense, though. Because it's sort of like a, a Fitz's Law, right? Where the, the, men, the menu bar on the Mac is easier to click on because you can, you can just slide your arrow all the way oh, to the sure. top and yeah. you can't go too far. There's a similar, I think there's a similar usability advantage to being at the edge of that app cloud because you can't, you, you can get sloppy on the side. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. And um, that, I guess the that clock- was the story of my college years as well. Sloppy on the side. <laughs> um, so there's a, and, and, and clock in the middle. That's what they called me. Right. Clock, clock in the middle. Um, so, so I guess it, does that work? Does that work in theory and in practice that the clock being in the middle makes it an easier tap target? Then do you just kind of hit a bullseye? Uh, I don't know. Cause I almost never go back to the clock. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I just assume that, and, and to me, it's it, it's like the most underreported thing, and I think people just sort of get it, but it's like, to me, the thing you have to get over with is the, in this thinking that it, don't treat it like a little iPhone on your wrist, and in the iPhone, whatever you were last doing when you unlocked your iPhone, there it is again when you come back. Mm-hmm. With the watch, just when you're done with whatever, like maybe you wanted to... Um, change to a new podcast because you're using an overcast. And then when you mm-hmm. switch and you queue it up and you now you've got the new episode of whatever you want to listen to playing in your earbuds, then you just put your wrist down and you're done. And next time you want to go to your watch, it's just right back on the watch face. You know, like you never have to clean up. As soon as you're done doing what it is that you did on your watch, just put your wrist down and trust that it'll it'll come back to the watch face on its own. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you have, um, what are things that you've experienced having done? So I, I remember when the, when the first iPhone came out, I had these moments all the time of, um, of like, oh, I just did something. Like I just, I got a link in an email. I clicked the link. It opened up in mobile Safari. I watched a video and then I closed it. And I thought I could never have done that before, you know, six months ago. The, you know, I just did something that I, that I, this technology enabled that I could never have done before it existed. And I feel like I'm having sort of similar things, like just those, those realizations of, with the watch of, oh, this is why this exists. This is one of those little vignettes that they put in their commercials. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, and again, I know that there are other smartwatches or whatever you want to call them that get text messages, you know, trans, you know, zap them between your, you know, your phone and your watch. So I realize that it's not necessarily exclusive to Apple watch, but I've tried it. I've have the pebble and I've worn the pebble and it's, it's a little different. Number one, the Apple watch is pretty reliable. I, I find the Bluetooth connection to be really good. Um, and with pebble, it was always flaking out, which probably isn't pebbles fault. It's probably the limits of third party apps versus Apple getting to have, you know, tightest possible integration at the OS level on both the watch and the phone. Um, 
But it's pretty cool when I like I do all the grocery shopping. That's why I go to Whole Foods. So I'm at the Whole Foods and I'm walking around and I feel my wrist go. And Amy says, "Can you get OJ too?" And then I don't even you know I don't know. It just is. It's nice because then you know you don't have to go in your pocket and get out of your phone. You don't. You don't have to take it out of your pocket. Is that what you said? Yeah. Sorry, my headphones broke for a second. No, that's okay. Hey, let me take a time out here just real quick and sure. let you know that if I start sounding like a terrible robot or something, tell me mm-hmm. right away because it's a okay. USB problem, not a Skype problem. <laughs> I, <laughs> not an right. emotional problem. No, okay. but but I had to uh, episode, episode a few weeks. I should what I should do, of course, is just as soon as we're done recording, go to Amazon and buy a new microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead, uh, I start each show and then realize halfway through that I should have told the guest, hey, if I start sounding bad, tell me right away. Don't just yeah, don't be... You. Don't be polite and say, oh, I don't care. Because it means <laughs> okay, my, the I'll audio I'm recording is bad, too. All right. Oh, that sucks. Oh, so you've like you've blown parts uh, it of was, episodes? Yeah, it was like the last half hour of the episode with Serenity Caldwell. And and so I recreated my audio. I played it, oh, listened, acting. and did it again. And I think it came out pretty good. I think it actually made me, it like, I, I tightened up a lot of my arguments. That's um, the, the French call it esprit d'escalier. So you could basically just um, go back and retroactively say smarter things. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. That's exactly what it was like. Okay, I'm going to do that after we record. <laughs> but it was the biggest pain in the ass ever. I, as I'm sure you can well imagine what yeah. it's like to, to, to have to redub a, a thing. And the crosstalk was just, you know, horrifying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, so which what what watch are you wearing? Okay, so what I ordered is um, the 42 millimeter space black steel with the black links. Right. I'm I'm, and I'm not like I said, I'm not a watch guy. So even that felt like it was bordering on a little too dressy for me. Um, But as as I as I think is is common, that one's being delayed in shipment pretty heavily. And I ordered it, you know, right after. Uh, the store opened. Yeah, I ordered the same one, and I ordered it first. I ordered it before Amy's or Jonas's <laughs> or any of the bands, and it still has not shipped. I don't believe that one has shipped to anybody, but Good. I could be wrong. Good, I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem like it. I haven't seen anybody post pictures of of such a watch. Yeah, no, it's weird to feel the privilege of a delayed shipment. I don't know, like just the fact, like that. Were does that make it more precious when it actually comes? I don't know. Well, and it put, and I, you know, I, I am in no place to complain because I've had the regular steel link bracelet for five weeks now. So it's, is that the one you're wearing? Yeah. That's the one. That's the review unit from Apple. People have asked, I guess I should answer is that, uh, the typical review unit period from Apple is 60 days. I actually haven't even looked at the thing that I signed, but I, it's always been, it doesn't matter whether it's like a new Mac or a phone or tablet or, you know, iPad, anything. It's always 60 days and they don't come knocking after 60 if you're still (laughs) testing something. Um, I mean, I never like use them as my own, although I guess I kind of am with the watch because I'm still wearing it, but it's my thought is, oh, well, it's their fault that the one I ordered is delayed. I'll, I'll just keep wearing it but i think that you know they would even rather have me still wearing it and being able to write about it than you know what what does the watch mean to them for me to send it back but anyway sure. I'll, I'll have this watch until mine comes and then i'll package it back up and, and send it back to them well that's great that's a, it's a loaner they right. gave you a loaner just like your insurance company um so my insurance company is is roxana's watch which i ordered um for her shortly after mine 
and actually everybody on the team here at Sandwich got one. And so they kind of staggered in. Um, I think JP's came first. He got the Milanese loop. Um, yeah. It's really handsome. Um, but she, so I ordered her a 38 millimeter one uh, steel, uh, stainless steel with the black sport band. And as soon as it came, I just said, this is mine now. <laughs> and what are you going to do? And she doesn't, honestly, she's, she's very sweet and she did, she, it's not important to her. So right. She's just letting me wear it until I, um, until I get mine. And also I wanted to just like, I wanted, it was so important to me that I get to spend time with it and, um, you know, get to know it a, a little bit better on an intimate level. Um, so that I could start, uh, you know, let's say, let's say conceivably this is what I do for a living, I guess. Um, so it was important to me that I know what the watch is like. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. in all seriousness, it is absolutely not inconceivable that you guys will be writing, directing and shooting, uh, a promotional video for some new product. Part of which products experience is a watch extension. Totally. I can't wait for it to happen. We haven't done it yet, but now we, we certainly can. Right. And it's, you know, it, 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 I, I, you know, you do, you, but you have to use it to get it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I've got the 38 uh, watch face on, and it's a little small for me. I think it's a little tiny and not because it looks tiny or dainty. Like, you know, like, like you were saying it, it looks fine, but I want a bigger screen, I think. Just yeah, I like, a, I like a bigger screen. I, I I don't I I I have actually no concept of how much bigger the forty two is going to look and feel on my wrist, but I know even incrementally. What is that? Four millimeters out of is like nearly a ten percent. Oh well, it's a little bit more than a ten percent increase, right? Yeah, but it's somehow. I, my guess is with you going from thirty eight to forty two, when yours shows up, you're gonna be like, you're gonna have like fifteen minutes where you're a little worried. You think this might be too big, and then like, <laughs> but then like twenty minutes later, you're like, oh no, this is right. Which brings me to a strange phenomenon, which is one of those first, you know, uh, just kind of like startling realizations that I had having spent very minimal time with the watch. It's just like, and I am talking about maybe ten fifteen minutes of having the watch on my hand after I paired it and I sunk it and put the phone back in my pocket. The next opportunity I had to take the phone out, it felt like a giant screen. Like, did you have that experience too? Where your phone came out and you're like, whoa, this is like a flat screen that I just took out of my pocket. Yeah, a little bit. Um, especially if you're trying to, and I, and, and I know it's, it, I, I, I don't think you're supposed to be dictating large amounts of text on a watch, but it's definitely works for texting. And I think that, you know, that the Siri transcription is really, really good, including when you're out on cellular. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't used it a whole lot. I mean, I've, I've used it a little bit, but you know, there's the whole kind of, um, social, uh, s social acceptability of, of dictating into your watch in public or dictating into your phone even like if you're at the market you don't want to talk to your thing because you sound like a dick right right i feel like that's the case do you like if you get a thing on your watch if you get a text on your watch from amy and you're at the market you're at whole foods and you're not the only one in the aisle do you like do you respond or do you do like an emoticon even though emo or an emoji even though emojis are for children uh I'm 
kind of, I'm a little self-conscious about it, but I try to, I just try to start walking in a direction where I'm away from other customers. And, and, <laughs> and I try to keep my voice down and cut my hands, but I do, I, I cut my hands around the, the watch, but I realize though that it does kind of make you look conspirational. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're going off and whispering into your own wrist. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like I, the thing I'm self-conscious about is I don't want to be loud talking into it. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll only do it in a way that it seems as though strangers aren't going to hear what it is that I'm dictating, even though that if they looked at me and gave two seconds of thought about it, they'd realize I must be talking to some kind of gadget. But as yeah, long as they is, can't really hear me and I'm not intruding on their conversations, I, I don't mind. And I feel like it's the way of the future. And God, yeah, and it, it is the way of the future. And God bless you for being polite and considerate about it. Um, and th- especially thinking about how many people probably out there in the, in the world wouldn't be. And also, like, think about how far we've come that it used to be like people loud talking to their Bluetooth earpiece or whatever that were. Yeah, that- and I. I also think that it's, you know, and it just became acceptable and it's just, you can't go anywhere in the Western world without seeing it. But at first, 10 years ago, it was really weird when you would see grown adults, like in public, uh, thumb typing into a three inch device (laughs) with, with all of their attention on it. Like it just was a weird thing to be doing in public is sitting there pecking away at an electronic device, like, you know, like an eight year old on a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, but you're not, but now it's, it's, it's everywhere. Right. Um, now it's so, just something we do. And hopefully that the, the idea is that, um, just like is in that movie, her, where you see people on the subway and everybody's whispering softly into their earpiece or whatever, um, that that just becomes a way of life and, and nobody thinks twice about it. I think it's, hopefully it's going to happen. Um, and hopefully it doesn't create a, cacophony of of environmental uh, you know pollution yeah um did you like her yeah i loved that i loved it i i I I loved it too yeah it it hit me deeply on an emotional level but also it's just fun for future thinking people yeah hold that thought let's come back to that let me let me take a break here and thank our first sponsor and then we'll come back and talk about her because i do think i think the watch is a step in that direction yeah um it's a brand new sponsor. I'm really proud to have these guys on board. Rails Tutorial. Ruby on Rails Tutorial by Michael Hartle. So if you dabbled a little bit, are you a web, web app developer, uh, but you really want to know how things actually work under the hood, or maybe you've tried your hand at programming, uh, maybe in like a language like PHP or something like that, and found it to be too messy, too inelegant, too much like you have to do everything yourself. Um, well, if you ask around about resources on learning web development, you'll probably hear about Ruby's on rail tutorial, sometimes just called the Michael Hartle tutorial, which teaches you how to develop web applications, surprise, surprise, built with rails, the framework used by sites like GitHub, Twitter, Disney, Airbnb. I mean, if we started listing all the sites that are built on Ruby on rails, we'll be here for the rest of the show. Um, been around for years, probably at least a decade now that I think about it, um, because we were building stuff on Joint on Rails back 10 years ago. Um, so first of all, here's the thing you got to learn about, learn about this tutorial. It's free. The entire book is free online at the website railstutorial.org, uh, not behind a paywall or a sign-up wall. Um, you can just go there and read the thing for free. Uh, for those of you who want to watch step-by-step how to make Rails web apps, there's also a nearly 20-hour screencast series available for purchase. 
Um, you can also purchase EPUB, uh, Mobi. Mobi is the, uh, the Kindle format and PDF versions of the book available for purchase as well. So you want to read it for free, go to your web browser, go to railstutorial.org, read for free. You want to get the EPUB version. You want to get the screencast. That's where he makes his money. Uh, really well worth it. Super, super well-respected. Uh, so many people have learned to program from this tutorial. So if that's building websites or learning rails, even if you already know some other framework is something you want to do. Uh, this is a great way to get started by the end of the tutorial. Here's what you will have created. You'll have the source code and you'll have deployed a full Twitter style micro blog rails application, uh, including the ability to sign up and authenticate users, uh, and create a feed of their posts. Great example program, great type of thing that teaches you all the basics you need for any kind of thing like that with, you know, user accounts and authentication and stuff like that. Uh, where do you go? I told you the website already. Railstutorial.org, but go there and add slash Gruber, my last name. Go to Railstutorial.org slash Gruber, and by using that code, they'll know you came from the show, and you will save 15% off with that coupon code, just my last name, Gruber. So my thanks to Rails Tutorial uh, by Michael Hartle. Uh, go check them out if you want to learn how to make great web apps. So her... Her. I thought I, it, it's so I, I think it's going to hold up really well. I like the movie. And I think even where 20 years from now, when we're past the point they're projecting to technologically. And so there's obviously they're going to have made some mistakes. I think it's going to look pretty good in hindsight, though, sort of like the way 2001 seems great. Sure. Or even or uh, Blade Runner. Like yeah. the fashions are all sort right. of like weighted toward that era weighted toward the early 80s with the shoulder pads and the angles and whatnot, just like the high-waisted pants in her are kind of weighted toward 2013 or 2014, uh, I think it'll hold up and it'll sort of be emblematic of, 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 of our version of futurism. Yeah, and I feel, like, I feel like the thing that they got right and that Apple is clearly moving towards is that your gadgets still totally matter as much as ever, mm. but... Uh, your identity and your your treatment they're all just front ends to like a cloud based system you know and you just pick the size that you want at this moment right and then and, and what they did in her was they even removed a, like a lot of the visual component and just had it be so much, so reliant on on voice and sound um, which was an interesting way to go and I don't, I don't know how how far we're going to go in that direction, especially with like with Siri and the state that it's in now in terms of it's like its, its ability to understand us and communicate back. Um, I thought it was, it was interesting. And also like just as a storytelling element by not inundating the, th the technology with visuals, they allowed the um, like the human elements to, to take more of a front seat. Yeah. And I feel like it's, um, like the touch components on the watch play into that too, where it's not about what you're looking at. It's, you know, some other sense and it, you mm. know, and, and like with her, a lot of the, you know, and, and cinematic cine, cinematically, it, it has to be, it can't be touch. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, at least not with our display outputs that we have at the moment. Um, uh, Although I guess you could imagine some kind of game that ties into like an Apple watch and like rumbles on your wrist at certain points in a movie, like the way that a rumble pad in a video game would. So maybe something like that is coming now that I think about it off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, it just had to be 
verbal because it that makes for cinema and it lets Scarlett Johansson, you know, truly act. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Basically, but, the best vocal interface in the world. Like, like but, her her voice was um, just like representative of what technology. AI should sound like <laughs> it really was. without being a creepy perv about it. Like, yeah, no. that's what I would want my robot to sound like too. Yeah. Um, but uh, to, to me, it was the interaction that the characters had with the technology was so ambient and, you know, you didn't have to break stride while you were getting off the train to walk to your office building and something, some kind of notification would come in. You don't break stride. And that to me is what the touch on the wrist helps to enable. Absolutely. Just, it's it's there. You just kind of ambiently feel it, and like in a tactile way. Um, and so, like, like, what do you feel like? How's the how's the taptic engine holding up for you? Do you do you enjoy it? I do. I enjoy it a lot. And like, uh, more and more as time goes on, I I've got my watch the sound off all the time. I never. Right. I, it's some of the sounds are too annoying, and I, I find that they're not necessary. Right. Um, I haven't really learned to distinguish between what the different sounds and the different um, patterns and everything mean. I think universally they just mean, hey, look over here. Um, and I, you know, or glance over here rather. But I, but yeah. it's never a displeasing feeling to like, to just have a small like little minute tap. Even if it happens, whatever, 10 times in an hour or something or even. Yeah, more. because something's going up. Like some group chat that you're on is blown up and is getting messages, you know, of, frequent barrage of messages from colleagues or something like that right i mean if you're doing something else important like like recording a podcast and like and, and your wrist is blowing up then that's maybe not as uh not quite not quite as fun but i i for the first few days after i had i was wearing the watch i was i found myself wanting more taps like i wanted like i'd be driving and i turned on navigation um even though i know exactly how the hell to get to where i'm going turn on navigation just because it's kind of fun to get 12 taps um, to turn right or something. It's just like yeah. that physically pleasing of a sensation. I forget if I talked to, I know I didn't write about it, but maybe I may, but I did, I got driving directions to my accountant last month. And so this was to get my taxes done and the daring fireball LLC tag, you know, it was a whole afternoon. Um, and it's, I don't know, maybe like a 20, 20 to 30 minute drive outside the city. Uh, it was actually the first time I was driving with the I thing. Um, and I wanted to test the directions. Now I've been going to the same accountant for years and years and years. So I know how to get there, but I wanted to try the directions, but it was actually kind of an amazing in one of those, like, I know people do this every day, but I don't drive every day. So it was a little science fiction to me <laughs> is, um, westbound out of Philadelphia, there's really only one road. It's called the Schuylkill expressway and it's called the Schuylkill expressway. Cause it goes right along the path of the Schuylkill river. Um, and knowing how to spell the word Schuylkill is a true test of being a Philadelphian. <laughs> S-C-H-U-Y-L-K-I-L-L. Um, old Indian name. Anyway, you just go out. But it, anyway, it's, it's a notoriously bad road, though, because it's a lot, of the, a lot of the way. It's only two lanes in each direction. And so any little accident and it just dies. Uh, and it ended up there was some kind of tractor trailer accident earlier in the morning and it had been shut down for a while and siri gave me what i thought was crazy directions um she was getting me off the schuylkill almost as soon as i got on it and i thought well i'll just go her way and as soon as i took that exit and i looked ahead from what she'd steered me away from i was like oh my god i would have there's no way i would have made the appointment i would have had to like and trying to reschedule an appointment with your accountant when it's already i don't know it was like april 4th or something like that it's like you're already you know 
Yeah, I mean, true. so he would have helped me out because he belonged, but it's still, I would have felt like a, like a dirtbag. You don't, you don't stand your accountant up in early April. Um, so she took me this different way where I've never been before, and I really didn't know where I was going. And so I, I didn't know at the time what the difference between the left and right taps were, but um, it was enough that I just felt something, and you could just glance at your wrist, and you know, and it would say six hundred feet, make a left, and yeah. it was great. I thought, oh yeah, it's great. And and the the the, the display that the the what you actually see on the wrist is um. Is so minimal that it doesn't get in the way. You're, you, you can you can sort of interpret it at a glance because you're supposed to be driving, uh, and most of the experience is audio. And um, you know, I typically when I'm driving, I use Waze. I put I mount my iPhone to the dash thing, and I right. use Waze. And it Waze has better directions. It's smarter about traffic. It's uh, smarter in so many ways. But the audio quality sounds like it's coming through the telephone rather than you know, like a built-in library of, 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 or an internal audio engine. I don't know what that, I don't know technically whether that's true, except Waze sounds like garbage and uh, Apple Maps sounds amazing. Um, so to go back and get directions from the watch sounds amazing and feels amazing. And it's like, oh yeah, the, it's again, it's one, we should name one of those moments where you're like, this is the future. Um, this feels like the future. Uh, and, and, and even to, to, you know, pile on that. Uh, I had last week, I had made an, a, a dinner reservation using open table. Um, so I could meet somebody after work and I get in the car and then open table gives me an alert on my wrist because they have a watch, uh, a watch app gives me an alert on my wrist that I've got my, uh, dinner reservation in like what, 10 minutes or something. And then I, I tap into the app on the wrist and go to the lo location and it opens up the map and starts giving me directions I'm like, Holy cow. I didn't expect for it to do that. I didn't ask for it to do that, but that's what the, that's what the watch does in 2015. Hmm. Yeah. I, one of my first experiences like that was with, um, I think I, I, again, I don't want to repeat myself, but I think I said this to most, but it was on the Amtrak train and I had already saved the pass, uh, to my passbook on the phone mm -hmm. and it just when i got to penn station it just appeared on my watch and then when we got in a train it, the guy came by and i didn't have to fish anything out didn't have to switch i just held my wrist up to the guy and he scanned it and boom we're on the train it's awesome i feel sync between the watch and the phone is just really highly tuned uh i haven't felt it lacking in any way um and, and that's kind of enjoyable to watch when you see different sync services um, between your devices kind of fail at more points along the way. Do you think it was a mistake for Apple to already have apps? Like I, it, it, and it's absolutely true in some cases where it, the, the basic thought when they, when they announced uh, the watch kit, back in November and said, Hey, we're going to ship this in a couple of weeks way before the watch comes out. I just remember thinking, this sounds like a bad idea because <laughs> you're asking people to, to write software, even if it's a limited SDK and it really is limited, but you're asking them to write software for a device that they've never used. And so they're not really know they're not really familiar with how they're supposed to use it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's definitely true that some apps really, really suffer from that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, 
yeah, I have a number of them on on my watch that really suffered from that. Now, do you think or do you know, anecdotally or otherwise, whether any developers were given early access to the watch specifically for making their apps better? Uh, I think you have to define layers of access. I don't think anybody got a watch. I think some people clearly got access. I mean, and obviously a lot of people got the developer lab invitations. Mm. And I think in the middle, there's at each level, there's a smaller number of developers who got early access to, I think to the labs though, not, not that they got to take a watch and wear it, but that they got to, you know, fly out to Cupertino and, and write stuff. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, Sorry, go ahead. I think, well, I just think that, for example, though, I would assume Twitter is on that list of companies that had really privileged access. And I think yeah. that their app is useless almost. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's awful. Um, but on the, the, and then on the other hand, Marco's app is incredible. And yeah, I have no idea how he was, how he, how he kind of figured out what user patterns would make the most sense without having the device in his hand, except that. Um, like I'm never wondering when I, from the very first time I launched overcast on the watch, I never wondered how anything worked. It just, mm. it was exactly where it was supposed to be. Yeah. I, I know he was worried about it. I remember cause I, I actually helped him beta test then before he shipped it just so that he, you know, I had the review unit and, and mm-hmm. I could, you know, do, it couldn't help much cause he was getting ready to ship, but at least a little bit of sanity checking, um, his big concern or one of his concerns was that there wouldn't be any point to it because there's that now playing widget, which can work with anything. And Mm -hmm. his, his thought was, well, what's the point of even doing it at all? If the now playing um, handles everything. And I said, no, I, there's definite usefulness in even with just one day of testing overcast on the watch, it was absolutely useful because you know, there's no way with now playing to do anything really other than just play and pause. Whereas overcast on the watch, you can switch to a new podcast and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's got context awareness. It knows what right. you're listening to, which is hugely important for a podcast library where people kind of listen to everything differently. Um, and, and that's pretty awesome. Um, and I, you know, the, the now playing app is there, but I don't know exactly what it does and I don't know what it control, what it hijacks and what it doesn't hijack. And I'd rather just leave it, leave it alone. I wish there was, you know, it's just one of those Apple apps that you just kind of put in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like as a pundit overall that it's, and I, it's the sort of thing that I try to be cognizant of, but I know that I'm being guilty is it's like Apple can't win because if they didn't have any apps, I would be complaining that there should be apps already. And now that they shipped with apps on day one, I'm complaining because the apps, some of them don't work so well. And some of them, don't seem to have been designed with the context, you know, in, in mind. Yeah. I can't wait till Slack's app gets good because I use Slack almost more than anything besides email. Um, and I, and I can't figure out how to actually respond to, to reply to, to a Slack. And if you just open up Slack, the Slack walk, watch app, you get, um, you're presented with two icons, one of which is I think direct messages and one of which is, is mentions of your name. Um, and neither one seems to, uh, be great at tracking, like what conversations I actually need access to. And then if you get an alert in Slack, which I always do, there's no, all you can do on the watch is dismiss it right away. You can't actually reply from, from that, um, from that alert. 
which I yeah. want to do because that's, I mean, Slack is all about two-way communications, not broadcast, broadcast of a um, platform. Well, in the same way that you can respond to text messages, right? Right. It's right. the fact that you can respond to text messages and dictate a little bit of thing is what you would want to do with Slack. Absolutely. And the, which, which brings me to a point I was going to make, which is like how forgiving we now can sort of let us let ourselves be of like of dictating. Um, do you call it Siri when, when no, like I, what, I what do, I call okay, it, so, I just so call it talk Siri. To, yeah. So when you're dictating to Siri, even if it's like responding to a message, you know how like you can choose like a sent from iPhone signature with, with mail with yeah. from, from mobile mail. And the idea behind that was um, theoretically, it was probably just so that you could see so like the other person receiving it, cut you a little slack for reasons of brevity or typos or whatever. I feel like dictated by Siri kind of needs its own little And I, by the way, I sent, I turn sent from my iPhone off because I will like, I'll write a, freaking novel in an email from my phone. It's just like one of my, I play my email on my phone, like, like Beethoven. And I, and I take pride in that with italics and proper quote, quote levels and everything. And, um, so it would shame me to tell some, to tell somebody to, to try to make an excuse. It. You wouldn't want to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. But, but then again, um, if you're trying to, if you're trying to, uh, respond to a message, dictate it into your watch and then be, and then go on with your business, you're not going to sit there getting frustrated because she misheard something and maybe it's clear enough, you know, maybe, maybe it's, it's like enough to get the point. Uh, I've had a couple of misfires um, with badly dictated messages to, you know, replies to text. Um, But that's just kind of fun. I, it's partly because it, there's like a tipping point I've realized where, as as Siri dictation has has crossed some point on the curve between too too slow and inaccurate to be useful, and it's reached a tipping point now where it's quick enough and accurate enough to be useful. Yeah, and and I you know and it this has happened for me in, sometime in the last year, um, you know, and I wrote a piece about it about how it was so much better on my iPhone a couple months ago. Like, and I think it, a large part them ramping this up for the watch. Um, but as it reaches that tipping point, suddenly you trust it a lot more. Whereas in the first couple of years where Siri existed and they had this dictation, I would double check every time before I'd hit send. And now I, a lot of times I I'm hitting send without really looking at it. And sometimes they are, there's some pretty bad typos in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I accidentally type, uh, texted to Roxana the other day. She said, Hey, can you stop by the store on the way home? Um, and I think I di- I responded, I dictated, um, do you want me to stop on the way home or do you want to want me to come home first? And then I like I, I dictated that and then I went on with what I was doing. What got sent was, do you want me to come home? Do you want me to stop on the way home or do you want me to come home first? I can't even. And then that sent. And she was like, what did you just say? What's with the attitude? <laughs> <laughs> that does sound that's because it's, it's like it's like it's like catty it's like kind of bitchy in the wrong way yeah usually if it's if it's good meaning like it's not it, it's going to be obvious to your recipient it's going to look like a homonym 
You know, <laughs> yeah, like if they read it out loud in their head, they'll they'll take a guess. I actually kind of like that, like with Amy or, or other friends, you know, who are more technically inclined. You know, it's let's face it, it's mostly who I'm texting. Uh, I like it when they can guess and they they're like Siri or or vice versa. I'll do it to them and try to guess whether the weird typo in the message they just sent me was because of that. Like I feel like it's becoming a skill. Whereas that I can't even at the end doesn't sound like that. It sounds exactly like you're giving her a hard time. Yeah, it really does. Sounds intentional. Like Siri just manufactured some attitude for me. I can't I can't believe you would even ask me to do that. <laughs> um what do you think of the fact that Siri doesn't talk back to you? the watch oh that's a good question it somehow feels natural to me although i do yeah. feel like a lot of her personality is missing because of that but it somehow seems right to me true but maybe we we like we know that personality so well already that's ingrained that we can kind of hear her voice maybe like you did it took me a couple days to realize it oh like she's not talking there's not she's not talking through the speaker when when i ask her something She's just like, it's just coming out in text, but I already can hear her. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, I guess that's why I was a little slow to answer is because it would, the fact that she doesn't talk, uh, or depending on your country and your preferences, he doesn't talk, uh, uh, it, it sneaks up on you on the watch and you realize only after you've really been using Siri a lot that it's, that it never talks to you. Right. I kind of like it. It's, yeah. just, it's a little bit more private. Um, yeah, I, I, I had this thought that the watch is kind of maybe the watch is what cracks Siri open more than much more than any other any, anything else like the watch is kind of one of the of the of the many things that the watch is watch is like a Siri machine, basically. Yeah, I think a large part of it. I think if you're not using Siri a couple of times a day, then you're not really getting the most out of the watch. Right. I really because do think a, that's true. It's got a freaking microphone in it. It's I think that's one thing that's a lot of people aren't really thinking about is you're wearing something on your, um, on your wrist that has a microphone in it that you can just talk to and it can record your thoughts, um, which makes it even more frustrating to me that there's not a voice recorder app on it. Yeah, that's a little weird. Well, let's hold that thought and let's talk about the apps that are missing. Um, sure. but I, I want to do our next sponsor and it is our friends at hello, H U L L O hello pillow. They make pillows. Um, really good. Uh, I got the wrong notes in front of me here. Hold on one sec. Here we go. Your favorite pillow guaranteed. HelloPillow.com. Um, have you ever tried a buckwheat hull pillow? I have never even heard of a buckwheat hull pillow until Hello became a sponsor <laughs> of the show. And then they sent me one, and it came in a box, and it was so heavy. Actually, they sent me two, and it was such a heavy box, I could not believe that it was a pillow. Because pillow, to me, seems like something that's supposed to be light and fluffy. And you take it out. Uh, and this is a thing that people have been using to make pillows for hundreds of years in Asia buckwheat pillows they're they're almost like they're filled with like seeds or something like that uh really really uh different than like a fluffy feather pillow type thing totally did not buy it at first and then i tried sleeping on it and it was great uh so part of the advantages to having a pillow filled with these buckwheat holes is that air flows through them and so i've had this i first got this back in december so i've 
slept on it in the winter and now it's getting warm. It's in the 80s here today in Philadelphia. I've slept on it uh, in the warm weather. So whether your house is a little warm or a little cold, the air flows through it and your head doesn't just kind of get stuck and sweaty on the pillow. Uh, you can adjust the thickness to your personal preference just by removing the holes anytime. You just unzip it, open it up, take some of them out. It is made in the USA with high-quality construction and materials, really nice materials, really good zipper. Everything feels super premium. Uh, and they only use – they even go through great – you can go to their website and uh, – is that here? What, is that, what are is you that on your end? I hear like a vacuum cleaner or something. No, that's you. There's an airplane over here. All right, I'll just make a note of the time. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what she's doing downstairs. Crazy. What is it? Fifty three minutes. <laughs> I think if I told what her, what do we she, do? <laughs> I think she's like grinding something. I don't know, like uh, it's doing something in the kitchen. Anyway, uh, you guys go to their website, and you can even see the extraordinary lengths these go to to get high quality uh, buckwheat holes. They they they're hand grown and milled in North Dakota. Uh, they've searched the world just to get like the best ones that they can. Uh, the everything, even the zipper is nice. It's an environmentally friendly, organic product. No chemical based foams, no bird feathers, anything like that. Really, really good. Probably for people with allergies. Uh, even the cotton they use on the outside of the pillow is one hundred percent unbleached, certified organic cotton so here's the thing it's just like a lot of these products where it's like mm, i don't know if i want to try a pillow that i've only bought online because some guy told me about it on a podcast um they have a 60 night full guarantee refund so get it try it start sleeping on it give it two months and if you don't like it just put it back in a box and they will send you a refund no questions asked no hassle uh that's how sure they are that you're going to like it they have three different sizes go there read uh tells you all about them uh really really good prices uh you can save 20 percent on each additional uh that you buy and the url that you want to use is hello pillow h-u-l-l-o-p-i-l-l-o-w.com slash talk show hello pillow dot com slash talk show so my thanks to them I love buying crazy stuff like that on the internet. <laughs> Just trying it out. Yeah. I'm telling you, we've well, been you using get, it. When you get all we, this free stuff. Yeah, great. but I wouldn't still have it. You know, we still have both of them on the bed. It's, it's a great pillow. Great. Welcome daring fireballers. That's what they, you see when you go there. So what were we talking about with the, uh, uh, no voice recorder app was the thing I said. Yeah. And uh, there's no notes app. Uh, no right. voice recorder app. Uh, like, yeah. So like, I mean, you don't even need both of those. You just need one or the other. Cause you could, I feel, I don't, well, no, that's not true. Um, I know what you mean though. Cause the whole idea is you just have a thought in your head. You want to commit to the watch and yeah, it's you, like a dictaphone. You want to put yeah. it down. Yeah. yeah. So why not? Like I do that all the time. Do you do, I, I do, um, my number one use case for voice recorder app on the phone is when I, if I'm working with a composer, and I don't like have an, uh, you know, I need to like, I'll, I'll often like sing a thing if I'm trying to express it and can't put it in words, I'll, I'll sing a thing and then I'll, um, send it off as an audio thing. Or maybe sometimes we record temp voiceover with the voiceover app. Um, and every once in a while, I guess I'm driving and I have a thought and I want to, um, and I want to record it. 
so I don't forget it. Then that's the th third use case. Right. But to me, the fact that there's nothing like that on the watch is, is unconscionable. Unconscionable. Yeah, the closest thing I could think of would be like, at least with the built-in apps, would be like texting yourself. I guess so. But even then, that seems it just seems a little weird. Um, and there are definitely third-party apps. Evernote has a pretty decent app. Um, um, I forget what else I've tried. Um, you know, and it seems like it's fairly focused on uh, the watch-specific thing. I think if 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 and when the day comes that there's a Vesper thing for the phone, it would really just be a big plus button and make a new note, and that's it. <laughs> Just hit plus, start talking. There's the text, and then you're done. Because yeah. it's really all I really want. Sounds great. I wonder if you could use Siri and just say, "Hey Siri, make a new note." I wonder what she would do. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does she know how to work with reminders that or uh, or any notes app? It, it still confuses me what Siri works with and what she doesn't work with. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think that would work on the watch. Although I'm not sure what happens versus the phone. You know, it's a funny thing when you're on a podcast. If you use that that phrase, hey, and then the name of the product, it 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 will end up getting notes from people whose devices, while they were listening to the show, started going. I'm not saying we can't say it because it's hard to talk <laughs> about it without saying hey Siri. But it turns <laughs> out though amazing. that it turns out that people who like listen. Obviously, if you're listening with headphones on, which is probably how most people yeah. listen to podcasts nowadays, it doesn't. But Maybe. if, you know, an awful lot of people like uh, my pal Brent Simmons, he just likes to listen to podcasts on his speakers at his desk mm -hmm. while he works. You know, it's like he said, like having talk, you know, the way, you know, other people like to have talk radio on. He just likes to have podcasts. It makes it sound like he's in a, you know, office full of friends or whatever. But then it makes like your charging iPhone at your desk, like wake up. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's dangerous also. Once, once Siri becomes more... Um, you know, more more aware of like operating a, the in, the insides of a phone rather than just referring to the outsides. Well, if, you, and it puts great power in front of us because we could do something like say the phrase that would initiate that, and then immediately say, "Text my wife, I'm leaving you." Sent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's dark. I was just thinking, like, "Hey Siri, make a fart sound." Oh, right. <laughs> that's probably a little better. <laughs> um what uh what what are your favorite apps <sighs> i i totally love the weather app i think that the weather app has one of, it took me a while to get used to it and this is one of those apps this is the built-in weather app from apple and it's one of those apps where it's to me surprisingly deep because it, it starts with all of the cities you've configured on your iphone weather app so it already knows the cities that you're interested in um and you can scroll down to get details and you get like a 10 day forecast and all this stuff. You go side to side to switch cities and locations. But then while you're on a city, you can tap it and it changes from like the next, like a clock style. It's, you know, and to me that's optimized for the watch. It's like the next 10 hours of like precipitation, uh, the cloud cover and the temperature. My only complaint is I kind of wish that they combined the cloud c cover and temperature ones. Cause I want the temperature and the, you know, whether or not it's like likely to rain. Hmm. You pay attention to the weather a lot. I guess you would have to, uh, where, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. We don't live in Southern California. <laughs> I don't, I never ever open a weather app, but I'm just, I'm looking through it as you're talking and yeah, it is really nicely done. 
Yeah, well, and you know, April April's probably a good time to have been trying it because April is the type of month where the weather is you you have no idea, you know, and and just because it's really cold in the morning when you wake up, it might go up to 70 in the afternoon and you want to see that. So it's like just knowing like looking at the temperature right now at 10 in the morning doesn't necessarily give you a clue as to what it's going to be like in the afternoon. So I think the weather app was probably when I first put on the watch and um and it's loading the cities and I saw the status spinner. I think that's probably the first time I saw like, oh, an app tape takes time. It's not, it's not instantaneous like on your iPhone. Yeah, but sometimes um, it doesn't. I still can't quite figure out why sometimes it takes longer than others. And maybe it's because uh, I'm not quite sure how much of it is to blame on Bluetooth and how much of it is like that the phone is checking the weather in advance already and already has up-to-date weather information. And then other times, maybe the, the watch is like, you know, Hey phone, tell me about the weather. This guy wants to see the weather. And the phone is like, Oh shit, I haven't checked in a while. You got to wait. Hold on. And <laughs> yeah, you know, it makes sense that they get smarter about caching that stuff and, and um, uh, smarter about just collecting the data when you need it and maybe collecting a little too much. And maybe that's kind of like the, ver- you, you, you know how like, scrolling on the iphone one wasn't quite as as glassy as it is now maybe that's a kind of a a, a sort of an analog to uh like waiting for data to load on the watch yeah uh what about you what are your favorite apps well yeah like like i said overcast is probably i I use it a lot um remote is really cool yeah then again i've always been a I've always liked the remote app on the iPhone, even See, when it was. I never like, did before when when people would complain endlessly about it. Yeah, it takes forever to connect, um, but I think it's. Pro- I'm still one of those um, people that's just kind of still impressed by the fact that I can control my something on my TV with my phone, and it just do- it never doesn't um, amaze me. Uh, and so now the fact that I can do that a little bit quicker. And the pairing like sort of seems to last longer, I think, uh, you know, before getting dumped and I have to then reconnect. I just think it's it's pretty cool. I've, I find that I have always, I mean, I, I, I just lose the stupid Apple TV remote. I, I lose it. 10 times every time I watch a movie. I mean, not and lose it, meaning like, <laughs> like, is it on my left hand side of the couch, right hand side? Yeah. 15 minutes. And all I wanted to do was quick pause. Uh, because you know, Amy's asking me a question from upstairs or in the kitchen or something. And I just, just want to pause the damn thing. Um, I really like having it on the wrist. I, and, yeah. and, and it's one of those little things where I feel like you kind of have to take what people at Apple say at their word. Like when Tim Cook has said what he likes about wearing the Apple watch and he's, you know, I've heard him say it like three or four times that he likes using it as a remote control to control his Apple TV. Um, and as somebody who never liked the one on the phone, because I always found then it's like it's even worse because it's a device that's just as small and I can, you know, lose it between seat cushions. But then, you know, what are the odds that the current app is the Apple is the remote app? It's not because I'm probably texting people or checking Twitter because I'm doing two things at once. And then I've got a double tap to switch. But the way that the the thing works on the watch is if you're watching something, actively watching it, it just automatically goes back to being the remote, not the clock face or anything like that which to me is exactly what I want. It's as though the device read my mind. Totally. Yeah, it's good for that. Um, a little tip. We taped uh, the the, re- the remote, uh, sorry, the Apple TV remote in our bedroom. We taped it to like a little packet of, of Kleenex. 
<laughs> so that's a life hack. <laughs> but we, you know, the kid's in bed uh, with us playing with it, and he'll drop it down the between the mattress and the right. bed frame quicker than anything. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a fun one. Um, other than that, I think activity tracker is really cool. Heart rate monitor is really cool. I, I like the fact that, um, I, so we worked with uh, Jawbone Up as a client. We, we did something with Fitbit. Um, so I've had the experience of wearing these activity trackers, but honestly, it, was, it just always felt too cumbersome for me to like keep something like with me all the time that was dedicated to that purpose. If I'm not going to wear a watch, then I don't really want to wear a wristband that only does that one thing. But now that I've got everything in that thing and the fact that it's an activity tracker, now I'm finally getting the value of an activity tracker. And so just earlier today, if I can either take the elevator up to my office or take the stairs, and I know that this stupid thing is going to remind me that, um, you know, like I, I have like, what, 100 more calories to burn or something, then I'm, I don't know why I'm, I guess I don't have as much free agency as I think I do, but I'm going to take the stairs because I'm a child and I want a little, I want a little trophy. I thought it was silly when I saw people say that it had be, somebody had a report. It might've been the wired magazine story, uh, like behind the scenes of the creation of the watch probably was because that guy had the most access and that it's become common within Apple, like in the middle of a meeting for people to just stand up randomly (laughs) because a watch that they're wearing said, Hey, you know, you know, there's like your last chance to get another hour where you've stood for a minute and it's just like become part of the, and, and again, it's like you can, and within Apple, I'm sure that people would just chuckle because they know why you're doing it. And maybe you wouldn't do it if you were in a meeting with people from another company, you know, who aren't familiar, but that within the walls of Apple, this great seemingly crazy behavior has become a norm that you can just stand up for a minute and kind of, you know, move your legs in the middle of a meeting, uh, because you want to make your watch happy. And I have to admit, I expected to turn that off and I still have it on. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fun. It's task completion. Um, and and I you got to think that an app is coming that's more like a game, almost like Yo level of stupid simplicity, where um, like it just reminds you, it sends you a reminder to like pump your fist, and yeah. you have to pump your, you have to st- you have to like pump your fist no matter where you are, and if you do it quicker, you get more points or something, and then just idiots are going to be pumping their fists all over the place. I think that they did a really interesting amount of design on those activity like summaries and the Mm -hmm. stand reminders in terms of getting the balance right so that you keep using it and that it changes your behavior which is the goal but combine that with like obviously the team that made the watch has been you know using it in some degree internally for a while right like a year maybe longer uh, you know, testing these prototypes, probably longer than that, that, you know, the people in the design lab have been wearing the early prototypes to try to fine tune the software. And I feel like once they got into it for a very long time, it would be easy to lose track of, I think this is how a lot of first run experiences go wrong, is that the team that makes it gets into it and gets it and understands it and loses track of what it would be like to have it on your wrist for the first day. And then you feel like, oh my God, this thing will not shut up about me standing. Um, uh, 
and I feel like they dialed it back to a level where it's it's really well balanced between those two in terms of being frequent enough to to get you to change you know some of your behavior, but not so frequent that you feel like you know why in the world would this thing be bugging me like this? Totally. If you if you just I I think that's the case. Is it, if you ignore it, then it knows you're ignoring it, and then instead of maybe instead of shutting itself off completely, it just gives you less frequent alerts. And so it's kind of like it onboards you. And then instead of you saying, this sucks, I'm jumping off. It does just very smart little things to keep you on. Uh, and that's exactly what happened with me is, is like, first I found it cool. Then I found it annoying. Then I actually gave in and wanted to do what it told me. Yeah. Um, I, I, and it has been a little bit of an eye opener for me. I've never worn any of those trackers. It's been a little bit of an eye opener for me, like that there's definitely some, uh, <laughs> shockingly, a correlation between a very productive day as a blogger and a very sedentary day. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the day that I wrapped up the the second sort of Apple Watch review that I published like a week ago, uh, it was like my circles went nowhere. Like they, <laughs> it was like it was like I finally got like on a chain. Like I finally got on a groove and I was in the zone, and I felt like I had this article I'd been trying to get out for a long time. Often, and it's like when I finished it, I looked down and it looked like it looked like my watch usually does it like well, you know two in the <laughs> afternoon. Nice. You should win an award for that. <laughs> right. There should be like anti, you know how they give you the, the, have you gotten some of those awards? They give you like these. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just got like this silver concentric circles one. Yeah. They should give you like a booby, a booby award, you know, for, <laughs> for when you've really screwed up. Yeah. Good because job, it, it, you really because sat it, no, there and did nothing. Right. And the thing is, it, it, one of the things that's so interesting about this watch is, um, and I feel like it's one of those things that we just, it, the first version of it, the one that you and I are talking about right now, just has not even tapped into it. But the watch knows when you're wearing, right? Mm -hmm. It, it, as soon as you take it off, like to show somebody or to change the band or whatever, it knows it's off your wrist because the sensors are off and it locks the screen. And, um, but that means that like, if you are not going to wear it all the time, if you're going to wear like your you know dress watch when you go out at night or something like that, you're going to wear it sometimes. The watch knows when you're not being active because you're not wearing it. And it also knows when you're not being active, even though you are wearing it, which is a big difference, right? Like if I just decide to wear my old watch for another day and I don't put the Apple watch on for a day, I'm not going to register any activity on the watch, but the watch also knows that I haven't been like a complete turd. Sure. <laughs> Whereas if you are, if you're wearing it, I think that's so interesting. And I, I feel like it could really come into play in a lot of different ways. That, that That's true. But it but it also entices you to keep wearing it yes. until the moment you shut your eyes to go to sleep, right? Yeah. I totally underestimated that and, and, you know, before I started wearing it is how much those fitness tracking things, even as somebody who's not super into that, those features, but they still motivate me to keep wearing it and not wear my, my other watches because I want to get the credits. Yeah. I um I went for a run the other night and uh, turned on the like what is the, it's not it's the it's the exercise app it's not the activity tracker workout uh, I, yeah the workout app, app and I told it I was going for an outdoor run and I went uh, I, I was running I did I ran for 24 minutes I got home it told me you should probably run for 30 minutes I went back out and ran for another six minutes I came back oh. in 
I came back in the house. I took the watch off, but it was still going because it was like I, w- I didn't set a goal. I had just left left it as an open exercise. And uh, I took off the watch and then like the bottom of the watch was glowing green and it frightened me. <laughs> I didn't know why. And then I just I like I researched it a little bit and found out that the green light is how it actually reads your heart rate. Do you, do, do you know about that? Yes, a little bit. And I think it switches to a more powerful mode when you're in the midst of a workout. Like probably, yeah. You know, and it's it's like I'm, it, it it pulls your heartbeat constantly as opposed to doing it every you know six seven minutes. Right, yeah. which is weird to me because like if you if you uh you know you and I are both sitting, presumably if you go over to the heart rate monitor in in your glances or whatever, then it's going to tell you like your heart rate was whatever three minutes ago, but now it's reading it's it's taking a new reading. And that's that's weird to me when I saw that the first time that three minutes ago it was like it was paying attention to my heart rate. I didn't tell it to do that, but I think it's kind of awesome that it did. And so presumably there's like a, I've got a whole day's worth of data. And if I were going through like medical stuff, that would be kind of interesting to my doctor, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. 69 beats per minute a minute ago. But now it just mm-hmm. took it again. It says I'm at 83. So I don't know. You got me got me excited. I think I get nervous. I think I get nervous when I look at it and it makes my heart rate go up. But it was oh 69. I, was, I, I don't even want to say what mine was. I was 95. Because I guess, I, yeah, that's why. I'm Because I'm excited. Yeah. And I had a big lunch. <laughs> uh, I think the workout app is an interesting app, too. I, I like it. And I like the way that it is like just brain dead super simple here's some big buttons for different types of workouts go pick the one that you're going to start right now tap the button and hit go yeah although i wasn't sure i wasn't sure what to do when i go for a run whether i should tell it how far i want to go or how long i want to go yeah i think like the last well i didn't do either the last item on the list was just open open open-ended just measure how how much I'm doing, and and then I, that we're, we'll call it done. Yeah, I think um, I think there's an interesting combination here, and and again, I haven't used a Fitbit or any of those things, but I feel like one of the problems that never made me want to use one is that they didn't really show you anything. You just you know, at least the one that like Amy has doesn't really have much of a display. It just I don't know, like mm-hmm. four bars that light up, and then you have to plug it in your computer or sync it with the iPhone app, and then use a different device to check what it thinks you did. Whereas I feel like a lot of, a lot of things with the phone uh, to me are the key to their success is that the phone is both, both sides of the equation. And two examples are Instagram and like Periscope and Meerkat, where it's the same device that people are using to shoot the photos and edit the photos and post the photos is the same device that everyone else is using to see the photos. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I feel like that's the way that the fitness tracking stuff on the watch to me works. And I know it doesn't have like everything, like it's, it's, it's interesting where they cut it off. Like, I think it shows you like your last workout, but it doesn't show you your whole workout history. You have to go to the phone app to see your workout history, but that's because the history is too much information for the watch. It's just enough, but it's like, here's what I think you did today. Yeah. And I think that, that, that kind of just speaks to the whole purpose of the watch in general is just enough. And not too much because too much is just going to be, is going to make people, uh, is going to turn people off to it. Um, and I've noticed that just with like the notifications, do you, do you use the, the Gmail app at all? No, do I do not. you just use Apple Mail? Apple I just Mail. use Apple Mail. So Apple Mail, 
Um, well, so Sandwich's email is all run through Google. And Google, like, you don't get Google um, push email working very well through Apple Mail. So I, so what I do is I use, G, I use the Gmail app on my phone to right away push me an alert, you know, notification that I have a new email. Mm-hmm. And then when I get that alert, I know to go into my Apple Mail app and it'll go and fetch that email. It's kind of uh, a roundabout way of being obsessive about email, but it works for me. Uh, so I use Gmail as basically like an alert. And so um, I've got Gmail alerts on my watch. And what Gmail does when it notifies you of a new email on your watch is it only gives you a few lines of preview of the of the message. Whereas Apple Mail, when, when it tells you there's a new email, you can actually scroll through the whole email. But the, the weird psychological effect of that is because I'm obsessive about email, if Gmail tells me about I've got a new email and I can see only the first few lines, then I know I can then kind of save it for later and then go back when I have time go into my mail program and then I know I can respond to it then. But if it shows me the whole thing, I think that I have to respond to it right then. Hmm. So that's another instance of just, just enough, just enough info to like know to do something later with it. And this is kind of like that time, time you know, reevaluating your time that people were talking about early on, um, that the that the watch kind of affords you is like the opportunity to take your iPhone out less and less. Yeah, and I know I I've gone back and forth. That's one of those things where I'm so I feel like it's just I'm lucky that I've had the the watch as long as I have because and to me and it's like my opinion has changed on it. Where uh, at first I thought that it was that this whole argument that it's about taking your phone out less. I, I was like, I'm not taking my phone out any less. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think I was, but then mm-hmm. I thought about it and I realized I kind of was. It's like, and to me, the difference is, do I want to do something? If I want to do something, I still go to the phone, but it's, it's like, do I just want to check what, do I want to check something? Then I can just look at the watch. And I don't yeah. know, there's like a subtle difference there. And I'm sure, you know, there's all sorts of things that are sort of gray areas where one, but if I'm just checking something, it's, it's I'm I'm using the watch and I'm not taking the phone out, so yeah, I am taking the phone out, but I'm not using it less. Like if it's something I really want to do, I'm still going to do it on the on the phone. Yeah, and you want to do stuff. I, mean, I even want to do more stuff with the watch. That's one of the first thing I for things I noticed is it because we're trained to do that. Like you 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 check something and then you do something about it right away. It feels unnatural to check something, have it appear on the watch and not do something about it right away. So you have to kind of get used to that, or at least I did. And it makes me want to be able to do more with the watch, but I'm okay that I can't, I guess. Um, But uh, yeah, that's the end of that thought. What? But I feel like email is almost like ground zero for that line of thinking because, and this is the thing that I thought, boy, that sounds really weird. But now that I've had the watch a month, it kind of makes sense is that the watch has your email, you know, from the mail.app mm-hmm. and on the thing, but you can't write. So you don't get to respond and you don't get right. to uh, craft a new message. It's really just read only. And it's, to, and I've been using email forever on all sorts of everything from, you know, terminals to, you know, dial up modems and 
I, I've never heard of a read-only email client before. <laughs> and it, it just didn't make any sense to me, even though I don't write that much email anymore compared to, you know, with Slack and, and instant messaging, picking up a lot of the, the, the smaller messages. Um, it just didn't make sense to me, but I kind of think it is because I think it's exactly that use case where you said where it's really just, even though you can read the whole message on the watch, just in case maybe it is important. It's really just about those first few lines. Like, is this something you want to go deal with right now? Yeah. And I, I do think, think, I do think there's an anxiety reduction in that. Absolutely. It's a, you're exactly right. It's anxiety reducing because what's the alternative you get a notification or you get a buzz in your pocket while you're having a conversation with some somebody. It's rude to check the notification. So then you have the anxiety of not knowing what it is. So I think that's, that's it. That sums it up right there in an instant. It's just suddenly just from the, the ability to turn your wrist, you know, 40 degrees up towards you and glance down at it, you know that you don't have to pay attention to it. And you go about you go, you go on with the rest of your conversation. Do you know who has a really cool app for, and it's part of it is for the phone, but I feel like the iPhone app is actually pretty good is the New York times. Uh, and I never had the New York times thing on my phone. I do read the New York times on the web a lot and I, but I never really used their apps. Um, but I wanted to test their watch app and they had, they had one of the apps that came out like way, you know, really early, like the day after I got the review unit. So it was like, Really, there weren't that many third-party apps in the App Store yet to, to try, so I wanted to try it. And the reason why is that they, unlike every other news organization I've ever granted temporary permission to send me notifications for, they really do only send you notifications for important news. Like So days will go by and they don't send you any notifications because nothing really happened. But mm -hmm. then, you know, like... Um, um, you know, like the earthquake, when the earthquake hit over in Nepal, then it's like, well, that's something I, I, you know, that was, that was actually worth you tapping me on the wrist to tell me that it had happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the, just once again, it's just enough. It's just the important stuff. It doesn't need to ping you every time, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's it. Just, I don't like. I have the breaking news app on my phone. I have um, Circa, and uh, you can like scroll through the top five stories, and uh, and then you're good. And if you want to go any deeper, but do, like, so here's another question: Do you find yourself like lying awake at night, like in bed? You've got your watch on. You want to like consume more content through the watch. Other than because it's a new toy and you want to play with it, only only in the first few days when I had it, and that that has totally worn off. Like I don't want to consume any content on the watch. Uh, another example, it's very common for me. I mean, I'm guessing it's probably common for everybody who listens to podcasts. This is the whole reason I think people like podcasts is that we, as a you know, the type of people that you and I are, we just cannot bear to be bored at all. For mm -hmm. uh, like for 15 seconds, I cannot, I, you know, and, and again, it's, you know, Louis CK has uh, entire bits about, you know, uh, how that just shows what's wrong with us. But like, if I'm in a store, and there's two people ahead of me at the register, I'm taking out my phone, and I'm gonna read Twitter or something, because God forbid, I don't have something to occupy my mind for the next 45 seconds. <laughs> it never tempts me to, to go to the watch, like, because the watch isn't a 
do something, don't bore me. You know, like again, if I'm taking action, I'm, I want to go find something not to be bored by. I'd still go to the phone. I think to go to the phone, like the watches for things that you don't even have to think about. You know what I mean? I I don't know. There's like a certain, and again, you know, Apple's using the word. It's an official name of the feature glances. Um, But I think it's a brilliantly chosen word. Hmm. What glances do you have? You know, that's a good question. I feel like I have been thinking about it. Like I've been waiting for my, the the other watch I ordered to come and I was thinking that I would set it up differently and probably have a lot fewer glances. I seem to have a lot and I kind of feel like glances are like, you really should just make them your favorites. And then that's like the quickest way to get to those things that you do, because then you don't have to go to that home screen where there's these tiny little buttons. You just swipe up and swipe over and there's your glance. Yeah, I mean, when when I first saw the the idea of glances, I thought that it was supposed to you're supposed to consider it like your dock, or something. Like yeah, those are, those, are your, those are your shortcuts. But I I think that's not what they intended it for it to be because theoretically you can access any of your apps pretty easily anyway. You don't need a shortcut. Um, I think it's just for like the little bits of information that you want accessible to you very quickly without having to launch the app. That's what I think, but I don't have too many of those things. I mean, like power, you know, battery power is one of them. Um, what do I have? Yeah, but I find with the battery power, now maybe it's different for you, and that I would be interested to hear that. I like right now, mine is at 76%. So, and we're recording at it's nine o'clock Eastern. So, I mean, it's I'm mostly through the day. Um, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Mine's at 59, but I pretty much obsessively like, lift my wrist every time. Right. But I think that's a 38, 42 factor, you know, like Joanna Stern and I were talking about it. Like Apple's promised battery life is all for the 38. And then they just say in real small print, the 42 will get longer battery life in most contexts. And so, but they don't say how much more because they don't want people to feel bad about their 38. They just want you to get the one that's going to fit, fit you. Right. And I really think it's sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just think that the battery life is not an issue. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to screw anybody at the end of the day, like when they need to do whatever thing. Um, yeah. You get used to every day, every night. You click in the charger, and and that's and that's all you need to do. It's like yeah, like you like you said, you never have to think about it. And there are so many things like that that you don't have to think about. Um, and I I, th- I think it's great. It's just becoming more. The tech is becoming more and more seamless and invisible and invisible. We're going to take a break. Um, thank our next sponsor. And it is our good friends once again from Fracture. Fracture is, you know, these guys, you go there, you sure. give them your picture. They print it directly on glass. They've got a code during fireball, just all one word. You save 15%. You go there. They've got all the sizes that you want. Little square ones, big, I think 23 by 29. I forget what the big square one they have. It's 20 something inches. If you have a square photo, um, and quite frankly, my, probably half the photos I take these days are squares because I'm framing them for Instagram. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's like way, one way to think of it. Take your Instagram and make it real. And then you send it to them and they print it on this beautiful glass. And then you've got this beautiful analog version of the photo to, so we can not be staring at an electronic screen for 10 seconds of the day. Fracture makes it happen. Um, Probably, let's face it, by the time this show airs, it might be a little too close to Mother's Day. You should listen to me last week when I told you to get your mom or your wife or your sister or whoever else is celebrating Mother's Day. Get them a fracture. Maybe you listened to me. Maybe you already did it. Um, 
but there's all sorts of other holidays coming up, and it's never a bad time to to buy one. So it's probably too late for Mother's Day, but it is a great gift. Uh, it is they're wonderful decorations, and they really I just cannot say enough over and over again just how amazing the the quality is, and how convenient it is that you don't never have to worry about. You ever have like a, a frame, you get a picture uh, like a, a photo printed, and then the the piece of paper that the photo is on is off center inside the frame and then you have to unhook this whole thing and take all these clasps off and take the cardboard off and then re-square it and then hope that when you put it all back together again it doesn't shift again you don't have to worry about any of that it's just right there on the glass edge to edge no bezel ready to go on the wall ready to to be propped up on your desk uh can't say enough good things about it people keep ordering them that's why they keep sponsoring the show uh, but they're really, really good. They're a great company. And they, I don't know they, nobody else to my knowledge has a product, anything like this. So go, to, cool. go to their website, fractureme.com. That's their website, fractureme.com. And remember the code daring fireball. You'll save 15% off their, their already delightful, uh, competitive prices. You're getting really good at that. <laughs> I love Fracture. I love these guys. But they keep coming back. It's like, you guys want to seriously want to sponsor every week? And they're like, yes, because people keep buying pictures from us. Wow. It works. Well, last week you made me buy uh, an automatic for my mom for Mother's Day. Oh, man, that's a great Mother's Day gift. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to like it. A dingus for your car. Uh, how's, your, how's your dad? Is your dad still over in? in uh, uh, he's, he's back. He got back two days ago. Thanks for asking. Well, I was worried about him. Yeah, he he got out. He he um, so he was leading a crew of volunteers doing a dental clinic. He does that every year in Nepal. He goes to India as well, and they do Guatemala. And so he was leading a crew in Nepal when it, he had been there for a few days when the earthquake hit, and um, and it basically sort of shut down the the building, damaged a lot of the building where they were the, where they do the clinic, so they couldn't do the clinic. Um, but then it was just about getting all of these volunteers out safely and, you know, flights were shut down for many days. And then once everybody was safe and out, um, uh, with very minimal communication with the rest of my family, we, we didn't quite know what was going on. Um, he met, he managed to get out and, uh, landed a, a couple of days ago and he was on the news and I haven't watched it yet. I have a link in my inbox. Um, <laughs> So that'll be fun. You can put that in the show notes. That's an amazing story, and it's 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 a great thing that your that your dad does. Your dad was a dentist, uh, or is a dentist now? Well, he's retired. Right. He was a kid's dentist, um, spaceship dentist. <laughs> His uh, spaceships were all basically sort of pseudo Star Wars themed, um, with like you know uh, mechanical doors, automatic doors. That that's in other words, that's what you. Feet. That's what you, as a patient, as when you would sit in like a little starship captain's chair, and then you'd get your teeth cleaned. Is that That's what you're right. saying? You there were yeah, there were video monitors everywhere. You know, old school '80s video monitors. There was like star field. I think he had like real production designers do the interiors of the offices when when he came up with this idea, and everything was in that light gray kind of Star Wars in inside spaceship yeah. aesthetic. It's pretty neat as a kid, and like uh, yeah, robots and things. Yeah, it makes being a dentist cool. I mean, yeah, honestly, sure, but anyway, what a great story. Glad to hear that. He's okay. Um, yeah, he's okay. Thank you for asking. Well, of course. Um, uh, I love your dad. I haven't seen he's him in a, a while. <laughs> yeah, no, he used to go to Macworld every right. year. Yeah, he's, um, he's like the coolest dad ever. Spaceship yeah. dentist chairs and took you to Macworld. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
yeah, he's a good guy. I'll I'll try I'll convince him to go again so he can come out. Um, he was um, when the earthquake hit. He was like he was getting acupuncture done, and he had like electrodes hooked up to his his feet, and uh, he had his eyes closed and and then opened his eyes and noticed that the whole world was shaking and things were falling off the shelf. Everybody was running out of the the office where he was, and he just ended up running out of the office with the electrodes strapped to his feet no way yeah i thought you were going to say that he thought that like maybe the electrodes were like were too powerful <laughs> like maybe, he was maybe just, yeah <laughs> who knows was, what goes through your mind i don't it's know it's not a natural thing for a human to experience no definitely not i mean and even though you guys as as californians are probably more accustomed to thinking about earthquakes sure uh, but I don't know. It, it, it would drive me. I, I, it would be the last thing that would occur to me. I would be like, what the hell is going on? And then like a minute later, someone would say that was an earthquake dummy. And I'd be like, Oh, of course. But yeah. doesn't, it doesn't even occur to me. Yeah, no, I mean, it was huge. It was huge. Mm. It was huge. Uh, all right. Here's an idea that's been popping up in my head with the watch. I mean, hear what you think is yeah. as we go and trying to think zigzagging between you know, nitty gritty details on the watch today and, and big picture thoughts, like what's it going to be like in five years is I one thing I can't imagine not uh, or having on the watch. Cause I can't figure out how they would, how they would do the angles to make it practical is how would they put a camera on it? Yeah. I mean, like, it's interesting. You, you, you said that cause I think that's the number one uh, missing thing right now. Um, hardware wise. Uh, and I did to me, it would be, it would be pretty natural. Uh, I don't think it would be a front facing camera that like looks up at you because I think what the, the, the main use case of it um, is that you want to shoot a picture of something else besides your face. It's not a FaceTime camera. It's a, um, you want to avoid that seven seconds delay between reaching, you know, seeing something you want to take a picture of reaching your pocket, launching the camera app, shooting the picture. You want to avoid that. So you just raise your arm and the camera's pointing outwards and there's your camera. And I feel like that cuts the experience down to maybe what, two and a half, three seconds. And I can already think of a number of times, you know, I have a two year old, you can never know what you never know what um, amazing, funny thing he's going to do next. And um, there's, there, there've already been lots of times when I, when I've thought, if, I, if only I could raise my wrist and shoot that. Yeah. I, well, I think that, it, you know, for, for reasons trivial, you know, like, hey, my, I want to be able to shoot my kid or my cat, uh, to, to deadly serious, like, like the, the current world where ordinary citizens have a phone with them sure. within seconds of being launched at all times has changed the, the relationship with the police all around this country. Like a big part of what's going on with the protests in Baltimore and other cities um, is a lot of ways based on footage that's come out uh, that people have shot on their phones. Like if, and if news is breaking, it's, it, it's just getting to be at this point where it just seems like we've always got a camera with us. And yeah, absolutely. And the lens can be anywhere. Right. The lens, the lens is like sort of the easy part. It's this and the sensors a little bit more difficult than the capture me mechanism is. And the storage is more difficult than that. But I feel like it won't be too long where the lens is really on everybody's wrist. So where do you it's, think they would put it though? Like, Oh, I have no idea. I, I, I am not an industrial design right. 
person. There was a um, there was a Samsung phone or not phone watch that yeah, that yeah, that watch. that had it built into the wrist strap. And yeah, absolutely. And what my experience with that, and I love telling this story, is um, I was I was shooting a commercial where uh, I was on camera, and what they do when with wardrobe and continuity and everything is the second assistant director, it's their job to come over and take a picture of you after every scene so you they know exactly what your wardrobe looked like. And so our second AD was all day throughout the shoot coming over with his little point-and-shoot camera, snapping a photo, uh, you know, saving it for continuity. And then towards the end of the day, he, he said, oh, let me grab you real quick, take a picture. He didn't have his camera with him, so he held up his samsung what is it gear yeah well i think that they have a couple Where, phones called something. gear but yeah so he lifted up his samsung watch and he snaps a photo and says okay we're good and i was like whoa i don't i know that the apple watch isn't going to do that but i already want it to All right i want the feature but i know that they're not going to build it and i can see why samsung put it where they did on the strap but it made the strap everybody you know a lot of the reviewers said it you know the strap is is not comfortable because it's you know it's got electronic circuitry between the side of your wrist and the watch face Mm. makes it thicker and it it defeats what's clearly a central part of apple watch's design which is this idea of band swappability um so I, I get, wouldn't go there, but I can see why ergonomically they put it there. Anyway, the tension that I see is that it seems to me like the, the tension is I expect to have a camera with me at all times, but I also now feel like soon enough I'll be able to go with just my Apple Watch. And, you know, yeah. but yet then I wouldn't have a camera with me. So then I feel like, therefore, dot, 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 they have to add a camera eventually. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be iterative. And the first version of the camera on the watch if there is one is going to look like garbage, just like the first, you know, the, the first camera on the iPhone looked pretty bad. Do you ever go back through your, your photos library and look at the first iPhoto or the iPhone pictures you took? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And they look terrible. Yeah. And, um, and that's okay. And there wasn't a front facing camera at first and that's okay. And it didn't shoot video. Yeah. Not shooting video. Not shooting video is one that every time it comes up now, I go back and everyone, I, I go back and I'm like, wait, is that right? I got to double check that. And I go back. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I go back it and just, double check. And it's like, holy shit, it did not shoot video. It's such an integral integral part of the product now that we would never be without that it doesn't make sense that they would ever ship something without that. And, and you know, you, and you just have to wonder how many of those things are not in the watch right now. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be some way that they could do it. I don't know if it would be, maybe it would be a front facing camera. So you could use it for FaceTime, but then if you turn your wrist away, you don't, you wouldn't be able to see the framing. You would just point your wrist at what you're shooting and, and hit the digital crown and it would snap a photo. And then you could turn your wrist back to see what, what it captured. Yeah. That, that, that seems like it would be it would work. I mean, we're, we're not all framing up right. our, our iPhone snaps pretty, you know, very specifically anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's the sort of thing where I could be off base and maybe there'll never be a camera on it, but I feel like, I don't know. seems to me like everything gets a camera eventually. It does. And, um, everything gets smaller and faster and everything. Um, I loved that part of what, of yours and Moltz's conversation where you were talking about the iPad, um, and the rev cycles and, um, your reasoning behind was this your reasoning or was this somebody else's that you read uh the reasoning behind people not updating 
as much. I, uh, it was sort of what I was thinking, but it was, it was better put into words by that one comment on Dr. Drang's blog, like a reader right. of his blog. Uh, you know, that, well, that was so smart. I mean, so you can recap it if, if you want. Uh, I probably won't do as I probably still won't do as, as succinct a job as that guy did, but it was the basic gist was that we're only five years into this, you know, the first iPad was five years ago. So we're still in the first upgrade cycle. And it seems like for a lot of people an iPad lasts, you know, four or five years. And so we still haven't gotten to the point where you, you kind of know how many people should be, you know, if Apple is doing a good job with making new products every year, how many people should be buying one every year? Because, uh, there people are still on their first one and they're pleased with it. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't they be? It does, it does pretty much what, what you need it to do, which is it, you can browse the web, you can watch video, you can do some um, cre creative kind of stuff, and the processor hasn't gotten that much faster. Um, and yeah, uh, Roxana's dad still uses the version one iPad that, we, um, that I had originally bought and we gave to him because all he wants is to watch YouTube videos all day of like, classical music and architecture videos and stuff. And it does, and it does a trick for him. Um, and I, and it's such a, is it weird to say it's kind of like a secondary device? It's not. No, I don't think it's, it's weird it's, to say. I think it's, you know, it is what it is, you know, and I think we're going to get, as time goes on, we're going to get more and more secondary tertiary. We're just going to surround ourselves with little displays, you know, and totally. that's the watch is another one. I think is, is that, I mean, well, well, it could be, but it also could be a primary like I think that the second it gets a feature that is a must-have feature that the version one doesn't have, I think it be it's not it's no longer a, pr a secondary device and it's a primary device. Like even even like just just consider what would happen if the next if maybe two years from now, it's got a camera and people start seeing that people who have just bought the new version to watch are take are getting all these cool cameras or whatever argument's sake it's some other feature that you can only do with version two right um and like you know the fact that the ipad got a, a lens on it was not that killer app that the ipad needed in order for people to buy more of them i think you you can make an argument that the um the iphone one suffered from enough uh feature constraint that version two was where people started to really um, buy into it and, 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 it, and it allowed them to do more things. And, you know, how many people did you see using a version one iPhone even three years after the iPhone launched? Oh, all the time. Oh, really? Oh, I, well, no, actually, I guess I would say the opposite now that I think about it. <laughs> well, I mean, the, my question was kind of leading in the opposite direction. I feel like there weren't that many people. I feel like the, the iPhone one kind of disappeared quickly. Yeah. I could be wrong. And be, yeah. And because they didn't, and, 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 the grand scheme of things, they didn't really sell that many in the first place. I guess so. Yeah, you're right. And it could be just like a, a, a parallel model with the, with the watch. Do you know right? what, do you know what made me jump on that and say, yes, was that there's one teacher at Jonas's school who was using an original iPhone until like last year. And that's so cool. It's a beautiful, it is it's a I, beautiful device. I, it's gorgeous. I, I love the device and you know, I, I just don't think that he was, you know, he cared, you know, about the technology yeah. or whatever, but it, it was, it, he just shot to mind as yes, I saw that one teacher who was still using an old iPhone. Uh, yeah, but no, in real no, life, I mean, like, most with the, the argument I was trying to make is that, um, the, the, the iPhone one 
lacked so many features that then came out in iterative versions that um, it became obsolete pretty quickly. That's what yeah. I, that's what I was, yeah. that's where I was going. With yeah. It. And so yeah. um, that didn't happen with the iPad, but I think it will happen with the watch. I think yeah. the, the watch will start to get new things that only later versions of the watch can have. Yeah. And maybe, uh, you know, I think medical sensors and stuff like that too, you know, it, who knows what it'll be. We, I wouldn't, I probably would not have predicted it was the camera back then. Cause I don't think our expectation was so low for, for cell phone cameras that I thought, well, of course these pictures aren't great. It's a cell phone camera and it never Isn't that weird yeah. that the landscape for video for mobile video back then was the flip camera. Yeah. I was just thinking about that because when the first iPhone with video did come out, it, I remember comparing it against the flip and the flip still had better picture. Right. And you think like, well, of course it had better picture. It's a dedicated camera. Whereas the writing was on the wall that they just could not compete with Apple in the long run. And the sensor technology is advancing it. It's such an amazing clip that it didn't take long for there to be an iPhone that blew the, blew the flip away. And then, you know, just quality wise, let alone in terms of only having one device in your pocket and already being on the internet, et cetera. Yeah. Um, no, but we have, you know, we have tons of videos from the earlier years of Jonas's life where, you know, that were all shot on flips. I don't need, well, no, I do know where the files are, but it's, you know, it yeah, feels, then, feels like a bygone era. It does. And, but, and because, and like, uh, I feel like there's no longer this idea of scarcity. Well, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Do you, do you feel like when you're, when you're rolling video on your iPhone, do you feel like storage is scarce and you want to keep it to like you want to cut the clip short? Obviously, you're not going to shoot a two hour video of like, you know, piano recital on your iPhone or something like that. No, I don't you, do stuff like that. But most I don't of the I, clips are going to be like a minute, two minutes at the, at the most. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, the video story for us is weird because so Jonas was born in 2004. And um, so for uh, in January. And so for Christmas that year, uh, my mother-in-law got us a Panasonic mini DV camera. Uh, she wanted to, you know, she was like, I want to buy you a camera. You know, I want, you know, lots so of video. Nice. It was wonderful. And, you know, she said, what you tell me what to get. And I got a, you know, I don't know, you know, like a consumer, you know, it was a dad, it was a dad camera from 2004. I <laughs> thought it was cool how small didn't mini DV was, you know? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, but it's like, so first few years of his life, like 2004, 2005, 2006, especially it's all shot on mini DV tapes. Um, and I, because they were tapes, then you, to me, you, you're, once you get over halfway done with your tape, you're like, well, I'll just keep shooting because you know, it, it'll say, you know, like the, and a little sticker on the tape that says mother's day, 2006 or something like that. <laughs> but it's like, I might as well just shoot the rest of the tape though, because the next time I want to shoot something, I want to start with a fresh tape. Yeah. Um, so I think that those early years of his life where I was shooting mini DV, there's a lot of filler footage where I just let the camera go because I figured I'd rather just use up the tape. And then the next era is the flip era where most of the videos were shot with the flip. And then there, the clips are like just as long as you want them to be. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, we don't need to, we don't need footage of every single present being open on Christmas. This is good. We got the one where he, you know, was most excited and put it away. Yeah. And did you think that when you had a flip, did you think of those videos as files? No, no, not really. But I was always glad though, that they would be more easily put on a hard drive 
you know, and moved from computer to computer than the DVD, the mini DV tapes, which I've still never really dealt with. Yeah. Um, I'm just so thankful now that we're moving to this, uh, yeah, cliche, but the, the era of the cloud and that literally, you know, it took five days for everything to sync when I migrated to photos, but my 25,000 photos and my, uh, 2000 videos that I've shot are all somewhere protected in the cloud. And I never have to worry about cassettes. I never have to worry about, you know, obsolete disc formats hard drives, all that stuff is just like, it's somebody else's problem now. And, uh, and it's not, there's no barrier to going and recalling it. Um, I don't need a deck to play all that stuff. I don't need a special cable. Right. It's just, it's just there. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing that, I mean, there, a lot of lip services paid to it because everybody's, you know, the cloud is, is what it's the, it's the golden, uh, I can't even think of the, cle- the you know, the, <laughs> the words to express what I was trying to say. The cloud is so um, whatever. It's just it's trite at this point, but it's very real. Like the, that storage, data storage is is sort of disappeared, and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, I like the way. I, to me, it feels like magic when I take and I, I take more screenshots with my stupid watch than most people because I'm thinking about tweeting things like about a stupid <laughs> UI or, or maybe thinking yeah. about it for an article or whatever. But it's really cool to me that when you do it and you take a screenshot, it just shows up on your phone. Yeah. And then uh, I was like texting them from my phone to myself or airdropping them, airdropping them to my Mac. And then I thought, I thought, you know what? I bet they just show up in the new photos app. And I went to the new photos app and there, you know, it says today and there's all your screenshots. They just show up. You don't have to sit there and, and, airplane around you airdrop them around yourself you just w- yep. wait a couple seconds and it just shows up in photos quicker than if it's, you would it's send there it. i mean it's 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 obviously images are heavier data than something like a contact but you remember that feeling of like when when icloud first got its shit together and you could add a new co- contact on your phone it would show up in your contacts app in your mac instantaneously yeah or a calendar or something. That's very lightweight data. It was still impressive that they got it all working, especially after like mobile me. But now that the fact that they can do that with images, which 10 years ago, we would have just like, you know, we, everything would have choked instantaneously. Um, I think that's incredible. It's, it's, um, it's really fun to watch. And I think that the one thing that disappoints me is that Apple hasn't done a great job of like educating people on the fact that it exists and um preparing them for what it what it means with everything that everybody's like constantly collecting with their with their devices i still kind of feel like apple's nickel and diamond people on the cost i feel like the free tier could be significantly higher like i don't i don't mind paying four bucks a month or whatever i am for 200 gigabytes or whatever but i kind of feel like the free tier is way too stingy like there's no way it covers everybody's photos and videos and then yeah I bet they open that that up pretty quickly, though. Yeah, I think so too. That's that seems like the sort of thing that that they'll just keep every WWDC. They'll announce new pricing, and they'll always, right. by the time May rolls around, will always be bitching about you know how much it costs because it was prices were set a year ago. Right. All right. Um, Let me take one last break, and then we'll do the last stretch sure. of the show. But I have one more sponsor to thank, and it is our good friends at Hover. You guys know Hover, H O V E R. It's the best place to manage domain names ever created. Uh, they simplify domain management. They Everything from uh, finding a new one to transferring old ones 
to changing the details of the ones you already have there. All of it with a great interface. They have hundreds of TLDs now, top-level domains, to choose from. I, it honestly makes it harder to find a domain because now you can get the word you want, uh, but you have to choose your top-level domain. And some of them are pretty cool. Um, I saw you guys, you just registered sandwich.video, right? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, a company in Vancouver that manages that domain they knew the comp. They knew us, and so the guy emailed me there, and and uh, and I snagged it as soon as it it, it became available. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, Hover also has uh, email. You can add email to any of your domains. So instead of using some kind of free mail uh, thing for email, you could get you know your name at yourdomain.com, Get your email right there through Hover. Um, and to me, here's the part that to me it's it is uh, it 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 sounds too good to be true but it's not, is that they've got this thing they call valet transfer. So you sign up for Hover, you become a Hover customer. And then if you're like me, you've got domain names registered from X, Y, and Z registrars from like 1995 until today, and they're all over the place, and the other companies aren't that great. Uh, and you really just want them all under one roof. It, you don't have to do all that work. Just give your credentials to log into you know, whoever registrars you used before. Give them to the people at Hover. And they're experts. This is all they do is they, they deal with DNS and, you know, making sure all these transfers go by without a hitch. They'll just move all of your domains from wherever and from whenever you first booked them. They'll move them all into your Hover account. And then next thing you know, like the next day, there you go. You go and log into Hover and all of your domains are right there. Um, and again, it just sounds too good to be true because you think, well, you got to pay, you know, probably have to pay through the nose for that. No, that's just the, the domain transfer thing is just part of the service of being a Hover customer. It's just included in their customer service. Could not be less hassle-free. It's, it's, I can't even imagine how in theory they could make it less of a hassle to move all of your existing domains to Hover. Um, all sorts of other stuff, uh, DNS management, bulk management tools for people who have uh, tons of domains, uh, you name it, they've got it. Uh, so go check them out. If you have any need for a new domain name, if you have, uh, an old domain name that you would like to move to uh, a really cool company with really good UI for managing it, uh, go check out hover.com and they have a promo code. And here's what the deal they listen. This is going to take some explanation, but they listen to the show. They're big fans of daring fireball. They listen to, uh, shows like the talk show and ATP. So they pick the codes based on, uh, things that like I've been writing about or whatever. So this week's code is comeback kid, all one word, C O M E B A C K K I D. And that's, uh, that's my, my nickname for, um, uh, a young, young New York Yankee named Alex Rodriguez. Who's, who's having a good season. It's a comeback kid. Uh, it makes people angry. They don't be angry at hover. They picked they but I've been the one talking about it, but people get angry about it because what he's coming back for from is a year long suspension from performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> come back kid come back kid so my thanks to hover go check them out hover.com and the code is come back kid and then they'll know you came from here and that you you don't even have to be a fan of alex rodriguez but you could just type the code and you'll save some bucks and and they'll uh they'll know you came from here um so that, let's that looks awesome that looks awesome i don't i mean I'm, i was just i was looking at the site as you were talking about it um i'm going to use this to register a couple of things uh, I, I thought you needed to go to like shady places to, uh, to get the new TLDs. No. Um, but yeah, I think you did it first. A lot of them are here. I think you did it first, but not anymore. 
Yeah, that's cool. Um, I like when you say our good friends at, because it's almost, there's a little, there's something a little good fellas about it. <laughs> you know, this is my, this is my good friend Hover or. This is our good friends at Fracture. Well, you know what? It makes me, the thing that makes me happy about so many of these sponsors is that they come back. And, you know, it's like, to me, if I, I love new sponsors too. And so the Rails tutorial, you know, thing is great. First time that they sponsored the show. I uh, hope they come back. Hope they have great success. But the fact that the other three sponsors, uh, Hello was here a couple months ago. And they, you know, like they only signed up for one the first time. And then they were so happy with the results. They sold so many pillows. I mean, which is a crazy thing for me to say. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I could definitely like 10, 15 years ago, imagine a world where I had some kind of talk show i wouldn't have known to call it a podcast at the time but i could have imagined doing it and i could have imagined that the way that i did it was by selling ads you know because that seems to be how shows always did work and probably always will i could not have imagined that like one of the happy sponsors of the show was selling uh pillows (laughs) right it just doesn't it just it would not have occurred to me but anyway it's pretty cool i mean yeah no ever any anybody can do any kind of business they want to now um, hover has hover has been a sponsor of this show as long as the show has had uh sponsors like years and years and years uh, to some level of regularity you know at least every quarter they've they've sponsored a couple episodes so i mean it i t- and i sincerely mean that I, they're my good friends because they've you know been part of my business for for a long time and i think they, i truly think they have a great product that's super cool uh let's bring it home but let's, what are your last thoughts on the watch what do you what do you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet well, I mean, just uh, we talked about the future a little bit. Um, I mean, I said the camera. What do you? What? What else do you think that the the watch has in in two or three years that it doesn't have now? Well, I can't figure out how they'll do it, but I. It, it to me, it's got to gain its own networking. Um, yeah. But then you know. So you, so you don't need an iPhone eventually? Is that what you're saying? I, yeah, but it's. I'm not quite sure. You know. Maybe it's just Wi-Fi only. It probably would be at first. Probably the first step to that would be to have true Wi-Fi. And I know that it, this gets complicated because the watch does support Wi-Fi at a certain level, but it's really just using like that back-channel Wi-Fi to stay in contact with your phone while you're on the same network. So like your phone can be all the way uh, on the fourth floor, and you're down in the basement you know, getting clothes out of the dryer, and it's still connected because it's on the Wi-Fi. But your phone... I mean, your watch doesn't get on Wi-Fi like if your phone isn't with you, period. That's really cool. I didn't realize that that's how that worked because I'd heard that it had Wi-Fi, but I didn't know. Right. Because Bluetooth, I, the gist of it is I think Bluetooth is a practical range of about 30 feet. And, you know, and I think it gets kind of sketchy at that. But it definitely is true. I've, I haven't – some people have asked, like, have I tested exactly how far away the phone can be? No, because I don't do reviews like that. Like, I'm not going to sit there with a tape measure and measure whether I get text messages at 25 feet and do I get them at 26 feet and stuff like that. But I've definitely had the phone way more than 30 feet away inside my house, and I still get text messages and stuff like that. And that's so smart because the only places you're going to be that far away from your – phone in the first place or places where you know the wi-fi you have you're on the wi-fi network and it's a friendly place right otherwise you're outside of a network and you're you're worried about everybody stealing your stuff so everything's together yeah so i don't know how the business of it would work because you know even if you buy a cellular ipad you still have to pay at least you know like 10 15 bucks a month to get 
some kind of mm-hmm. thing. And nobody wants to keep spending 10, 15 bucks a month, but there's got to be some kind of way. I think that once they can shrink a cellular antenna and fit it in a watch and not have it, you know, decrease the battery to less than a day that it'll have independent, uh, cellular. Well, is it, is it okay to, is it fair to say that I don't really want that? Like, I don't, yeah, I, I feel like if I stepped back to 2002, um, when we were hooking our iPods up to through Firewire um, to our Macs in order to manage the libraries on them, if you asked me, would you like if you could just have music on your iPod, you didn't need to do it through your Mac? Or, or even the iPhone, you know, like the iPhone, you still needed to connect to your Mac at the, at the beginning. And you asked me, like, would you want that to not happen so you could just do everything in one? I'd probably say the same. I'd probably say, no, I'm good. Uh, I like keeping everything on my Mac and then, you know, just managing it there. Yeah, I think you're underestimating. I don't think it's because, and again, it's not because I think that you want to do a lot on your watch without the phone. Because again, I don't think that's ever going to change. But I do think, though, that you should be able to just not worry about how close you are to your phone. Sure. Like if you wanted to, you know, or and for exercising, I think that's a huge one is that you don't have to have your stupid phone, you know, strapped to your arm in a band or whatever. Um, and that you can just go for a run for five miles. And if an important notification comes in, you're still going to get it. Totally. So I think it's got to happen eventually, but I don't know. You'd have to switch to some kind of plan where everything is sort of a la carte. You know, you just sign up, you give Verizon a hundred dollars a month and you get all of your devices. It sort of works like that with a family plan now, but yeah, I could see it. I could see that. And I know cause um, I, I, I'm not gonna, I was almost missed it, but GPS is another one. And I know that the people who run and bicycle are, that's like the number one thing that they they feel like this first one's missing. That makes sense. I mean, the first iPhone didn't have G- GPS and it felt like you had to do this bullshit triangulating to get your location on a map, which seemed like a jip. But I feel like the it's not a pro, it's not a concern for me. I'm not an avid sportsman, so I like maybe it's that's why, but um I have GPS pretty accurate GPS on my phone. Right. So I don't think anybody's sweating. That. Yeah. But the, the exercise, you know, the people who are really into fitness wanted, they want to go without the phone. They want to just, cause the watch is so much better. Then you don't have this, you know, um, there's just no good way to run with the phone on the really, and they just want to go and do it. And that, you know, without GPS, they feel like they can't because like, there's so many of these apps for like bicycling where they, they have like, they already have like three years of like every single bike ride they've had. They have an exact map of where they've gone mm-hmm. and they don't want to lose it. Same way that we were talking before about with the watch where now that you've got the watch on for a week and you've got like this week worth of activity things, you want to keep wearing the watch tomorrow because you want to, you don't want to, you don't want to lose that. Skip the day. Yeah. Skip. The but day. they've already got, they're already used to having that GPS data. Right. Well, I keep my phone in the little fanny pack. Like they have, they make these like really slim profile little fanny packs that you can wear uh, when you run. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Really, really. Don't laugh, John Gruber. Really cool fanny packs is what you're saying. <laughs> well, you can't even. It's very low profile. You can't even see it under the sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but but so, okay. So um, like uh, Cable tweeted uh, the other day. Was it Cable? So, or maybe somebody tweeted, regardless, he had a waiter ask him if he saw his watch and said, oh, you have the new iPhone watch. Hmm. Uh, and I thought that was kind of fascinating that it's, I mean, a waiter asked me yesterday, yesterday, oh, can I see your iWatch? Can you, can you show me what it does? 
iWatch makes sense. Whatever. That's the that's the go-to. Um, iPhone watch made a different kind of sense because that means that people are some people are just naturally associating it with the hub being the computer that it sort of connects to being the iPhone. I think that's kind of cool. Um, on top of which it kind of looks like an iPhone six. It, it, yeah. And I think it kind of, it does, it is an interesting way to say it. And it does sort of, I, I wonder whether inside Apple, how much they were worried about the fact that they're selling it as a thing you have to have with an iPhone, you know, that it, 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 is that a bitter pill for people to swallow that this thing really needs to be in within 30 feet of your iPhone at all times to, to have functionality? I don't think so. I think I could be wrong, but I think people would look at people like myself would look at it as an advantage. Right. I think it's awesome. It's like a tetherless tether. Um, and where are we, I mean, it, what it just means to me is that it makes my watch that much powerful. It gives my imbues my watch with the power of an iPhone, which has been, working for eight years to be as powerful as it is now. It really, uh, the one thing that really struck me early on was how much the watch wants to be in contact with your iPhone, because as soon as it's out of range of your iPhone, like if you power your iPhone off, you get like what in my opinion is almost an ugly icon, not ugly, like uh, that it was poorly drawn, but because it's like a red, you know what I mean? It's like up where the notification. No, which, what are you talking? Which one? Are you so if you turn your phone off, the watch gets a little icon up at the top, a little red. Oh, it's like a little red phone with a line through it. Like it's saying, I can't, I can't find my, you know, the phone that I'm paired with. And there's no, it's, there's no way to get rid of that icon until you're back in range of the phone. Like, and it's just, a, it, it, at first I thought, wow, they really made that glaring. But then I realized using it, that it's because the watch really does want to be within range of the phone at all times. Like it's, it's like lacking in oxygen when it's not, not doesn't have the phone. Totally. Um, how cool is that pairing process of, uh, pointing your phone at your watch? I think it's so great. And I think I, you know, I'm guilty as charged that I haven't sung its praises enough, but I feel like it's unheralded how good the, the pairing process is. Incredible, beautiful, could have been a QR code. Thank God it wasn't just like magical. I, I can't, I can't think of a, I, I, the last time I had an experience with tech that was that magical is with the first time I slid the power on the I, the first iPhone and it showed me a picture of the world. I was like, Holy crap, this is a magical thing. That unboxing experience of point your phone at your, uh, at the weird magic eye type yeah. graphic on your, on your watch. That was just some smart, smart consumer technology. Yeah, and it's as as it sinks the first time. It uh, to me the animation is just gorgeous. It's very simple, yeah. very you know. But it, it but it's they sweat so many details in that process. So like the there's a watch on the phone, like a picture of a watch on the phone as the phone app is syncing with the watch, and the animation on the fake watch that's shown on the phone it stays in perfect sync with the animation, you know, the, the progress spinner yeah. on, on the watch itself. It's so, so cool. It's just signaling to you that these two things are connected. Um, and, and I, and I feel like maybe even a, a perfect way of summing up or like capping the show is like you told me when we were texting back and forth, when you had the watch and I didn't yet, and you told, and you said, I realized what, and it's sort of, you wrote this piece about it anyway, but 
you said I, I realized what the phone is, or what the watch is. What what did what, what did you say? It's you know what I mean? Just talking? a really cool digital watch. Yeah, it's a cool ass digital watch. It's it it's it's like the most sophisticated digital watch you've ever seen. Um, uh, and and uh, you know it does. And I, I think the the most futuristic thing probably in that old world context of what is a watch is like that you can make phone calls with it. Yeah. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, it's not something that I would put into practice hardly ever. I think it's awesome that my watch rings when I get a new call and I can decline it from there, but I would never like, especially in front of people, I would never like take a call on my watch and just start talking to somebody. <laughs> it seems like a weird thing to do. Yeah. Um, but it is super futuristic and bond like, um, but to me, I think if I were to summarize what the watch is, I would say it's a really cool second screen for your iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally uh, agree. Um, um, and it's strapped to your body. So it's always there. Yeah. Um, I will say this, I have to say this before we go, cause we didn't really talk about the touch, the d- touch communication. Ah, uh, yeah. But that's hard for you yet. to talk about. Here's the thing. It's hard for you to talk about, though, because Roxana doesn't have... Well, you have hers, and you don't have yours. Yeah. So, like, she's the most intimate person, you know, connected to me. So, I have yet to try that out. Um, and so, like, I, I mean, you you sent me a tap yeah. message um, that I only just got, like, when we were halfway through the show because I was ignoring it. <laughs> no, that was my way of, like, I wanted it to be, like, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. That was that. That that's that's nice. I just did like I sent you an old fashioned text like a grandpa. Right. Um, and it's like I th- so I have yet to prove out that use case. I think for myself, whether it's a heartbeat or whether it's like drawing a sketch. To me, the screen is way too small to draw anything meaningful. And for some reason, the only thing I can think to draw is a dick and balls, <laughs> and I don't want to do that. And then the next meaningful thing is a happy face, and I don't want to do that either. <laughs> So I just end up not using it. I send a lot of happy faces. Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, I said this before, It's it's and it's so true, is that for those features, and so many people, after my initial review came up, they're like, did you, how many did, did Apple give you? Did they give you two so you can test the drawing? Uh, and the way that we tested the drawing was we, I could send taps and heartbeats and doodles to people who worked at Apple. Um, but that, you know, and I did it just to see that it worked, but it always felt a little weird because it's like all of those communications seem way too informal and the heartbeat one to me really does. I I hate to use the word because it sounds corny, but it really is a little intimate. It just doesn't seem like something you would send to somebody you have a professional relationship with. Well, do you, do me a favor as an experiment. I've got, I've got a tap message queued up for you. I'm just going to try, try drawing something. All right. All right, because this is the first time I've done this in real time. Okay. Did it come? No, I didn't get it. How do I Some see? of these things are sometimes a little latent. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Here, I'll send you a couple taps. Oh yeah, I'm getting your taps. That's kind of nice, it's like raindrops. So wait, what am I supposed to? I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Well, just draw a I picture. You, okay, I'm doing. But it. did you add me to the? Uh, yeah, you're in my favorites. All right. Yeah, I don't think I'm getting it. All right, no wait, no wait. There it is. <laughs> All right, so it works. It works. <laughs> 
It's an action shot. <laughs> this is the future. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did that to Dalrymple. I kind of guessed when Dalrymple was going to get a review unit, and I was checking. And you can tell if somebody has an Apple Watch, because then when you put them in your friends and you go to their friends, they uh, they get the third button down underneath. You know, and so yeah. instead of just phone call and text, you can also send them a digital touch. So I just kept waiting for Dalrymple to get the digital touch. And then as soon as he did, I, I sent him a similar drawing so I could, <laughs> so that I could be the first. <laughs> oh, that's great. That feels good. Uh, well, Adam Lisa Gore, always a pleasure to have you on the oh, show. Um, thanks so much. I was greatly looking forward uh, to Really, this. really great. Now, your sandwich video, that's your company and it's your website, sandwich.video. So that's where people can go to learn more about the amazing videos that you and your, uh, what's, what's the staff up to? How big is, the, how big is sandwich video? We're, we're 10 people and then we just, and we, we work with, you know, free, we right. have like freelancers. And, you know, right. Like an army of, uh, talented people out there. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, probably even more important than sandwich video, uh, your remarkable Twitter account, uh, lonely sandwich. Uh, so my thanks to you, everybody could get more Adam at those locations. Uh, anything else before we go? No, this has been a joy. Thanks. Uh, thank you so much for your time. All right. I, I'm uh, going to hit stop.